Does everybody know what time it is? Time to pull over for being too hot. That's right. It's grunt work. Live! so badly how did you know i'd give my grunts bradley i believe in miracles since you came along you sexy thing because you're listening to grunt work the only podcast about the tv series home improvement that despite all the things i said just a moment ago actually values you because of your intellect and your personal qualities not just your appearance i'm your host truman the oops i dropped my pen man caps <laughs> and with me as always is my co-host landon the playfully and mischievously licking whipped cream off of his fingertips man solano uh for this live episode of grunt work in yes. front of a studio audience of people watching us do this and landon i have to yep. say we don't normally use video when we record uh, no. the vanilla show and so seeing you face palming in real time to the talk singing I'm doing is a beautiful flashback. Oh, or, face palming, not face fa- licking. Or palm yeah, licking. not face it, it, what, Face licking like Scooby-Doo when he licks all of the <laughs> cotton candy off his face. <laughs> Gotta get all those Scooby snacks off. Exactly, exactly. Um, anyway, it's refreshing. Landon, it is good to see you physically. It's good see to see you. you. I, have to, I have a question. Yes. Uh, which may uh, foreshadow something in this episode. What was the song you just uh, talk sang? The song that I just talked saying was uh, You Sexy Thing by the mm. disco band Hot Chocolate, which is actually <laughs> a real banger of a song, despite being kind of a novelty deep cut at this point. Uh, that song features prominently in a movie that one of our seven character actors appear in today. What? Yeah. Wait, well, okay, I know that it features prominently in Boogie Nights, and if one of our character actors was in Boogie Nights, the people watching will see so. me die today. Okay, thank God. <laughs> well, then good. I'm not going to die today, uh, uh, un- unless this does we'll, it. We'll, we'll bring it up when uh, when the character actor comes up. Um, but uh, yeah, let's, let's talk for a second. Preamble time. Uh, <laughs> just for a second. On this just, podcast that is hours of us talking, me. let's talk for just a second. <laughs> Uh, we are doing our second live show of the season and ever, uh, which yeah. I'm excited to do. Thank you all for joining us today. Um, for listeners, uh, for posterity, I guess, um, they won't be able to chime in verbally, but they will be typing into a chat box, uh, and we will be periodically checking in with their notes throughout the episode. So, so if we sound more distracted and uh, completely <laughs> off our game than normal, it's because there are actually people throwing things at us that we're trying to catch in real it's, time. It's like the prestige. You've got to live the life of distraction. See, I've been, I've been spending six seasons being extremely distracted while recording every episode so that when we got to this episode, no one would know the difference in my distraction level. Also, much like The Prestige, there is a room, a basement filled with drowned versions of myself underneath the room where I'm recording this right now. I don't think it enhances the podcast in any way, but I've been doing it for years. I'm not going to quit now. Truman, I got a question for you. Ask me that question, Landon. You texted me a video the other night, and I want an explanation for it. Uh, Start by Ah. explaining what it was. So... Um, I texted Landon a very brief video from Disneyland's 40th anniversary celebration, a primetime special aired on ABC, 
which was heavily geared toward promoting the newest ride at Disneyland, the Indiana Jones Adventure? Don't actually remember the name. Uh, it's the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland. <laughs> Indiana and Jones had... and the theme park. Yes. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the George Lucas had a nasty divorce <laughs> and needs more money because he's getting eaten alive by alimony. So, uh, alimony? anyway. Ah? Uh, already, no, already. Don't, don't, no, the, don't. The, co- the coffee's helping. So, don't. <laughs> they they had a who's that. who. They they filmed this thing at what seems to have been like kind of a. They closed the park, but then they let in famous people basically to ride the ride and give testimonials about how awesome the ride was to the camera. Uh, and the by and large, these people who you know, this is from 1995. Yeah. By and large, a lot of these are kind of forgettable celebrities. The host isn't very good. But I lost my shit because they get one very brief video clip of a young Taryn Noah Smith wearing, <laughs> I believe, an Indiana Jones fedora that was most likely given out as part of a gift bag, talking to the camera about for like one second. He it gets was, about it, as and it, well, you could tell because it was ABC you know, uh, is owned by Disney. So it was an ABC lineup. So they had Jody Sweeten from Full House on right before Taron Noah Smith. And yes. then he was right before Dan Aykroyd for some reason, <laughs> probably because he's friends with Spielberg. I was I was recording it and I was like, you know, I, I could have cut it off as soon as Taron Noah Smith stopped. But then also it was like, but Dan Aykroyd is kind of always funny. Landon <laughs> wants to know what Aykroyd's up to as well. But then after Aykroyd, the video ends and it freeze frames and there's a, just a picture of Dennis Miller. And I'm like... This is the weirdest four people I've ever seen promoting Disney, no less. De- Dennis Miller and Dan Aykroyd. Sir, well, okay, Dan Aykroyd will promote anything. Dan Aykroyd will promote insane conspiracy theories and vodka in a crystal head. He'll promote your theme park <laughs> ride. That's the, You'd go to Thrillville, USA and Salem and promote that if you gave him 40 bucks. But uh, yeah, Dennis Miller and, and uh, Taryn Noah Smith in the same... I guess maybe they weren't. Maybe they weren't. Maybe through the magic of editing, it seemed like they were closer than they were. But yeah, well, they had odd... to have been. I mean, they wouldn't have opened it for multiple nights with a television crew. They were at least in the park at the same time. I don't know if they were like in the same ride, going through you know the Indiana Adventure. Uh, do, you know, whatever. Do, do you think that Dennis Miller pulled Taryn Noah Smith aside after getting off the ride and was like, hey, you need to not appear in a whole lot of episodes of Home Improvement. You need to just like kind of fade into the background for a few seasons. Uh, and maybe that's maybe. why he disappeared for a while. I don't know. <laughs> he dis- he faded in the background of American culture after yes. the 90s ended. Um, uh, well, yes, that was, that was fun. You. Yeah, you did yeah. send that to me. I had I got a kick out of it. Um, the, it's the strange. Only... Yeah. Just saying, the only Home Improvement cast member in any way involved with this promo is with that Taren one particular promo. It's interesting yeah. to me the types of promos that they send people out for. Um, one thing, and I'm going to do this live uh, because I've ignored it, and, not ignored it. I've uh, been neglectful in mentioning it for many, many months. Uh, Mason has sent us multiple times the fact that Jonathan Taylor Thomas was at a WrestleMania. Uh, oh. As was Pamela Anderson, and and uh, I can't remember less if it surprising. Was, uh, seven, maybe I can't remember which one she was at, but um, it's just interesting to me that the the type of event that they send each of the cast members to, like they're not sending <laughs> Earl Hinman out to <laughs> do promos anywhere, I, except at like maybe a garden supply store that sells fences. I mean, his <laughs> fence game. <laughs> Maybe not a chain yeah. link because you can see through it. People wouldn't – if you see his whole face, you don't know who he is. Um, <laughs> WrestleMania yeah. 11, uh, Mason says. The uh, one main evented by an NFL player. Oh, wow, that's, that's right. 
Wow. Yeah. I, I, WrestleMania, when they were finding their footing, it was weird at times. <laughs> I mean, there weird was a, by there wrestling was an entire, standards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was an entire, maybe it was a Survivor Series um, that it was whole, the whole thing was predicated on um, a turkey laying an egg and that a wrestler was going to burst out of the egg at some point. <laughs> Um, someone can fact check me on that. I don't remember the the exact details, but there's this whole chicken turkey mascot thing. It was weird. Um, wrestling's what weird. Came, what came first, <laughs> the turkey or the pro wrestler? I mean, the world uh, may never know. I um, seem to remember it was. It might have been the Ultimate Warrior that that came out of it too. I I, I don't 100 remember, but yeah. Well, still, it could have been the Iron Sheik. That's the only other wrestler I know. Um. So, Landon, I wish yeah. this was a podcast where we talk <laughs> about... Uh, it was Survivor where we, Series. Where we talk about either wrestling or a podcast where we talk about things that I saw on YouTube yeah. videos of Disneyland promotional events from the 90s. Because the Disneyland 35th anniversary special had the entire cast of Cheers on it. Well, most of the cast of Cheers on it. And that's a whole <laughs> thing for another story. Uh, but this is, in fact, a podcast where we talk about the TV series Home Improvement. It is. It is? It is. I think. have to be I've, this week. Not necessarily. Well, I mean, okay. honestly, any given week, home improvement constitutes maybe 10%, and the rest <laughs> is just okay. packing right. peanuts uh, or imitation crab. Or um, turkey eggs. Or t- well, turkey eggs, actually, I wouldn't mind a turkey egg. Um, but anyway, we, we talk about home improvement on this podcast. We do. This week, we watched an episode of the TV series Home Improvement. We I did? really hope we both watched the same episode. Given that we've both made <laughs> jokes about flirtiness, I hope that we both watched the same episode. We I'm just pretty sure we did, yeah. I, I hope Although so. I've been very horny this week, so. Well, okay. I mean, hey, you know what? Me too. Spring is here. Um, and, and one by one, we watch our viewers <laughs> drop out of the chat. Uh, Landon, what happened this week on Home Improvement? Do you know? Could you tell me? I could tell you, and I will tell you. So just sit right back and listen. I'm actually standing up right now, but I'll... Okay. Stand right there and listen. Okay, uh, I can't keep the squat going. After Tim falls for the flirtatious techniques of a door-to-door saleswoman, Jill calls him out on it. But shortly after, on her way home from an important job interview, she finds that she unwittingly flirts her way out of a speeding ticket. Disappointed in herself, she's determined not to flirt her way into the job in her next meeting with the employer. Yeah. That's See, I, like, what... I like to leave a little mystery about, I, the, I... about the episode. That's what keeps people listening. That, that really is. Because otherwise, you know, you... you... It... I think a lot of people... I think a lot of people listen to this podcast because they just want to know the basic plot outline of every Home Improvement episode. But they, they don't, don't want Without to actually all... watching it. Without watching it, without having to listen to us yeah. goof around and talk about chalupas and all this other shit. Uh, but uh, yes, that, that is what happened this week, Landon. That I think is. And succinctly summed it up. Do you want to... Guess that title. I want nothing more. Okay. Really? That's pretty pathetic. I I I have a I have a very small life. It okay. is it is this room basically. Okay. So, first option. Yes. Truth flirts. <laughs> it's a thinker. That was my it's not good. It was that my one worst sneaks one. up on you. Yeah. That was a packing it's peanut. Like a hot that was sauce. just to fill it out. That okay. was it it was a it was an imitation crab. I don't know why I've got imitation crab on the brain. I don't I don't uh, either. Uh I haven't even been in a supermarket in over a year. I don't know. Okay, second one. The last temptation of Jill. Okay. There's okay. a lot packed into that one. I'm not going to lie. Uh, uh, packing peanuts even. Yes. Okay. It's, uh, it, it, it's, uh, it bounces around the brain like a pinball machine. 
you're so polite, Landon. It, it sucked. <laughs> it just fucking sucked. Okay. <laughs> a nesting doll of titles, uh, as Mason described. Uh, yes. Uh, like, much like Russian nesting dolls as a child, it's like, this is a boring toy. Why do I have this? Okay. This this one I like. This one is actually... Uh, oh yeah, I was I was one of those cool kids. <laughs> I also also when you want your pot, you have to then take a million things apart. Fuck that, you know. If you've got the if you've got the weed shakes, you need to get it before you you go into withdrawals. Okay, <laughs> so the title that I think is the best one, and that okay. I think this actually is okay. Flirty glancing, <laughs> right? <laughs> that okay. was the f- all right. That I'll give you f- that one. That was the first one I thought of, and I was like, well, can I just do one? Because this is the best. I'm not going to come up with anything better, and in fact, I did not. <laughs> that, uh, again, uh, I think your title is uh, infinitely better, and more often the case is uh, your title better than the actual title. Stop um, you. Flirty Glancing is the retrospective title to this episode, but not the actual title. I'm going to give you a clue. We got a, we got a, the Chupla, Chalupa Challenge. The, the Chalupa Challenge? <laughs> now listen, Chalupa Con? The, the Chalupa Challenge this week is incredibly difficult because not only do you have this title, which is going to take some coaxing uh, from my clues to get you to get it, okay. but you have seven different character actors to guess in our metagame of whether or not they were on ER. And I got to tell you, the pressure's on you because I know how many grunts there are this week. And I am 100% confident in that. I will say that now. So I will I will clinch this thing if you bring us there. And I have to do this all with the eyes of of numerous Chalupa hungry grunt work fans on me yeah. too. Uh, so I'll, if making. I if I just take myself out and and put myself in as a coach to you right now, I'm just gonna mm-hmm. say take a dive, just throw <laughs> throw it now. <laughs> don't get the don't get it th- this time so that you have no pressure for the seven character actors. Sure, okay, okay. But I still want the clue. I still okay, want here's the clue. The clue. Um. Uh, it's okay. The the subject of today's episode, if it were a televised competition between Jill and Tim, it's and it's not a good title. I mean, it's a pretty like on the nose title. The flirting game. Oh shit! Did I get it? You got it. <laughs> Oh boy, <laughs> setting myself up for a horrible afternoon of letting everyone down. I cannot wait. My, wow, my, okay. My other option was American Flirtiators, <laughs> which is actually even better than Flirty Glancing. American Flirtiators is good. Um, the oh, flirting my, game. Right. The flirting game. Wow, I'm I'm shocked you got that. I don't know uh, to pat myself on the back for the clue or you forgetting it. But I, um, I, I, I mean, can we both pat? Like, listen, simultaneous pat. Are you ready? Okay, this is a cross country <laughs> West Coast to Midwest pat. This is gross. This is the grossest <laughs> thing we've done on this podcast. Oh. Man. <laughs> um, this episode broadcast on January seventh, nineteen ninety seven. Truman, we have broached. 1997. I was going to say the second half of the 90s, but we already did that. Yeah, no, we're well, we're well in. God, 1997. <laughs> this, oh, wait, so, okay, at this point, the movie Austin Powers is already out. People no, are walking around. It comes out no. later this year. I think it comes out either in April or August of 97, but it comes oh out in God. 97. So we are on the cusp. This is this is before Yeah Baby, but just. Oh, my God. But just. <laughs> the, the, the world 
was about to become shagadelic. It was the calm. <laughs> it was the calm before the shagging. Um, this episode was directed by Peter Filsinger and written by Lori Gelman. The second episode that she's written of the series. Uh, she previously wrote Jill and Her Sisters. Oh. Jill and her sisters. I rem- oh, yes. Okay, okay. I remember that. All right, and I also, I feel, I'm glad that a woman wrote this episode because, and honestly, it makes sense that a woman wrote this because it delves into, you know, with, with, it kind it kind of accurate. I guess I'm kind of easing into my impression of this episode. Leonard, what do you think of this episode? <laughs> I, I'm just enjoying your flirty dancing here. I This is me. I mean... This is me and my gin and tonic getting us, <laughs> my gin and LaCroix getting us through a disgusting desperation cocktail. Uh, before going into my uh, personal reflections, uh, uh, Mason says that uh, Awesome Powers came out on May 2nd, 97. Um, so I don't even know if we finish the season before that. I think we do, but we'll, we'll find out. Do you think that the, the reason Home Improvement ended was was Austin Powers came out and people were like, whoa, comedy is... Been completely redefined. Grunting, I, I think, is, I grunting think is question, out. Yeah, baby is in. I think the question that we have to ask is whether or not Tim grunts a yeah, baby before the end of the series. There is an episode of Frasier where oh my god, Mar- they're they're in the RV and Marty has been watching videos in the back and then he that, comes in and he goes shagadelic, baby. That was- threw me through a loop that episode because I didn't watch Frasier while it was on and in my head it was a relic of before AP. Uh, that's before Awesome Powers, <laughs> and uh, the the fact that he brought that up was like so a- anachronistic to me that it it broke my brain a little bit. In high school, I took AP U.S. History, which you would think means advanced placement, but it actually meant Austin Powers U.S. History. So my my teacher just would put on thick glasses and a very very uh, thick uh, chest wig and teach us about. Uh- Okay, this joke is bad. I'm just I'm just aborting it halfway through. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt it by uh, throwing down some some information here. Uh, Mason has just uh, provided us uh, live um, fact checking uh, or just um, notes here. Why we, do, why we don't do more live shows? <laughs> I can uh, lie with impunity. Yeah, this is gonna be a, a two and a half hour episode. But uh, this home Lucky improvement you. episode aired. He said because Fraser was mentioned. So this is on you, German. Um, aired on January 7th, 97, the same day that the Frasier episode, Dad Loves Sherry. Uh, The The boys boys just just whine. whine. Yes. Um, And this episode brought 2.37 million viewers over Frasier's 19.1. So um, suck on that. So wait, it brought in like 21 million viewers and Frasier's only had 19 million? Yes, though uh, the last note here is that uh, Frasier, the Frasier episode, ha- Frasier episode has episode. A higher raters uh, and um, ratings and reviews over <laughs> this. So this was the Frasier episode had higher raters and reviews. Is what you're saying? <laughs> um. Well, look, it was look, it was a jam packed day of television when this came out. It was. And it was. What, what I'm gonna. Was I'm gonna. Land? Yeah. I, yeah, what I do you remember think? this episode when I watched it uh, during the live broadcast? It wow. was. Um, I just it was I don't know it in a weird way like the flirting thing obviously didn't stick with me but the uh, not the virtue signal here but the idea that Jill was going out and actively seeking a job outside the house and having her own interests and stuff like that really stuck with me over the years uh, and made it a big impact me a big impact on me at the time. Um, 
And so <laughs> I kind of, when this came back on, I, I was like struck with a little bit of nostalgia for uh, just kind of recognizing where uh, some of the, the patterns of my thinking started. This episode like red pilled you into feminism, basically, or just <laughs> just like oh, women can work outside the home. Women should pursue their own destinies. This was this was what what did well, it? it was maybe a, not not a tentpole moment, but you know I'm sure it was a, a marker on the ruler. Ah, a mark. No. Uh, no. Nah, well, you did say marker, so I think it counts. Uh, <laughs> counts for what? I don't know. Uh, um, okay, so yeah, you, but you, so yeah. but revisiting it this this many years later, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I was surprised for the subject matter. Um, I'd seen the title of this episode long ago and was kind of dreading heading in this direction, <laughs> uh, not having remembered it until I put it on. And so I was happy with uh, with how they handled what was uh, going on in this episode. Um, I would have my only criticism, as much as I love to see Jill cut it up, is I am a little upset that we were deprived of um, some Al flirtation. Yes, I would have liked to have seen that. I guess it just, but now that they've kind of written themselves into a corner with Al being engaged, because in the early seasons it was made very clear that women flirted with Al all the time and yeah. the ladies loved him. So I would have liked to have seen Al, like, I don't know, what he's trying to do, like, talking about wood grains to a lady at a bar <laughs> or something like that. I don't that. know. I think they could have pulled, like, Eileen into it and had her explain his flirtation techniques with her that won her over, and uh, there, there would have been something in there that, that you know, would have scratched the itch a little bit. I honestly, I'm rewriting the entire episode in my head. It's just that, <laughs> that after Jill has flirted with the cop to get out of her speeding ticket, Tim is pissed off that it's happened. Al is driving him home from work. They get pulled over. Female cop. Al totally flirts with the cop to get out of the <laughs> ticket. And then it's just Tim trying yeah. to figure out why Al has the magic. That's the episode I wanted to see. There you go. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about this episode, though, before we go uh, you into know the deep what? dive? I, there's there's a, a divergence here because my feeling was kind of, eh. Like, hmm. I, I, I think that, on the one hand, I, I, I think that the episode... Um, Kind of, kind of eloquently introduces some notions of uh, gender dynamics and feminism that I would not have expected to see on a primetime three-camera sitcom in 1997, let alone this primetime three-camera <laughs> sitcom, which is not always Whatever great do about you mean. it. I, I mean, you know, the, the, the conversation with Wilson where he's just talking about this notion that women kind of have to flirt in order to try and achieve some sort of parody in a male-dominant... Parity, not parody. Uh, Austin Powers is a parody. Uh, in a male-dominated society, was I think like I was like, wow, I don't didn't expect to see this. That's really cool to have them be talking about this and dealing with these issues. I just then didn't like that the conclusion, like the episode posits or puts out there this reality that you know uh, we live in a patriarchal society. It's unfair to women. Uh, it puts that out there, but then it kind of concludes with, but some powerful men are nice, so it's okay. Like, it, oh, like right, the, yeah. I, I, the, just the fact that Jill, you know, J like Jill in this conversation with Wilson that they have, she resolves that she's sick of playing games and she doesn't want to use her sexuality to get what she wants. She wants to be judged on her merits. And then it just, it from there, it doesn't go into, she doesn't, like, do something particularly clever to get the job. Like, she just gets the job because the, pro like, the professor is just like, well, actually, I, I judge all women based on, I think the sexiest yeah. part of the woman is her brain. And I, th those scenes with the, with Dr. Matthews, um, I have some notes about that. I, they were a little clunky, uh, for yes. sure. So, 
let, let's get into the deep dive. Um, let's just dive in. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, as, as Jerry Reed once said, uh, we got a long way to go and a short time to get there. So hop into the Firebird and let's outrun Smokey. Okay, yeah, that wasn't Smokey and the Bandit. Okay, I do. I I I have seen Smokey and the Bandit one time on Basic Cable, <laughs> and, and yet I remember that song being in it. So I guess it really imprinted in my brain. Burt Reynolds um, will do that. Yeah. So, so uh, we start on Tool Time with a with a hearty ba da 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 da. So they're clearly coming back from commercial, I guess. <laughs> it's uh, Antique Week. And uh, we start with the grunt creep doing a wily e. coyote. He's uh, balancing on the table and then continues to walk off it until he looks down and then he falls. He's got is he got like a balance beam going too? He's like holding something he's like he's tightrope. Antique walking. yardstick. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I don't okay. Know. But I, I would have believed it. We had some glare on the TV for that scene, so I couldn't <laughs> tell in detail what what he was carrying. Yeah. Um. But yeah, antique tool week, and Tim explains that uh, you know these are tools from back in the day when more power meant manpower. Grunt, grunt, etc. Uh, not going to give away oh. how many grunts. Oh, no, I just shit. You know, oh, at shit. least it was two. I'm just I'm acknowledging that he grunted then. It's I'm already I, now. See, oh shit, I might have the grunt count wrong. Okay, good. Have I ruined your afternoon the way you've ruined Maybe mine? Maybe you might have. Oh man, you, you, congratulations! You just instilled Landon. the fear of God into me. Well, that, that's that's good. This whole podcast was a project to Christianize you. <laughs> um, so Tim is showing off a lathe. This this cold open is notable yep. for the amount of Al jokes in it. Yes. Uh, Tim walks up to the lathe. I was totally expecting a joke that we've had before. Uh, it's. Um, you know, we we I feel like we've seen two lathe openings on the show before, and so like I was either expecting Tim's shirt to get ripped off or, uh, you know, some some sort of lathe joke. But uh, I was surprised at the jokes that we got in this cold open. They were they were a little bit lathey, like lazy, but no, not good. That's the that's the Jin and Lacroix talking. So it's easier to laugh at your jokes when there's no video. <laughs> I I agree. I I, can't, if I have to I can't look see... you in the face when you say stuff like that. It's hard. Yeah, I, and I can't see the pain that it causes you when you hear them. So <laughs> Tim Tim is showing off the lathe and he says, yeah. "Say you're making a table leg." And then Al goes, "You're making a table leg." And then he just cracks up laughing, and Tim just looks at him in frustration. Oh Al. my god! And then he he he. Well, do you have a note on Al there? My only note is that I'm never going to get sick of this. They could do this four <laughs> times per episode for the rest of the season for the series, and I just always like it. So that's it. I'm just I'm a slut for Al. Uh, Tim kind of ignores Al's joke and then makes a joke of his own, saying because he's he's basically pedaling the lathe by foot uh, mm-hmm. as to make it spin, and he goes while you're shaping your leg, your legs get in shape, <laughs> and does yes. like a Pee Wee Herman laugh, and I'm like, what the. F- where did that come from? I too was like, "What the fuck? Where did that come from?" It, it's, I mean, you, it's you got some Pee Wee Herman in my home improvement. You got some home improvement in my Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> two, uh, two two great flavors that we never really wanted to mix together. Together, the, at tool, last. the tool time set does kind of have a playhouse vibe to it. Do you think that? Do you think that Tim built Cherry the chair like he gave a recliner <laughs> more power and inadvertently gave it life, or um, are the uh, the I, I don't know the 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 um animated objects in Pee-wee's playhouse almost seem like they could be uh anthropomorphized transitions from the void. Tr- Does Pee-wee live in the void? 
That's the I think, question. <laughs> I think, uh, look, I think the grunt creep, honestly, is the closest thing we have to Pee Wee Herman on this show. <laughs> I, th- there's, I don't know. And also, the opening credits to Home Improvement are, like, a Pee Wee's Playhouse bit. I, I yes. that's j- that There's just a one-to-one. It, it, it looks the same. <laughs> well, maybe. I haven't seen Pee Wee's Playhouse in a minute. They move um, over to an old rope-making machine, and yes. uh, Tim says something about watching Knots Landing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they walk over to an old hog oiler. Um, <laughs> we, and, I, and I'm I'm not like I'm not sure really what this is, but like Tim, you know, the hog rubs up against this wheel, and then the skin becomes moist. And Tim says, "I guess that like Al is explaining this." And then Tim goes, "I guess that makes it an oinkment." And Al <laughs> looks at Tim, and then he just laughs and slaps Tim on the back, and it was. I don't know. My heart grew three sizes that day. It was beautiful. Listen, I realize the term conspiracy (laughs) and theories have changed a bit since we started doing the show, but I just want to point people back to my initial theory that tool time is scripted by both Tim and Al, and these are lines that Al has written for Tim to read, and he has complied, and that's why Al is so taken with him. (laughs) I, the only reason it doesn't make sense is that Tim would never relinquish that. But a Tim would never memorize lines. He would not work off the script. I don't even <laughs> think he memorized okay, lines right. for this show. Um, they move over Pokemon's. to an antique uh, sausage stuffer. Uh, Tim starts talking about how he makes his own sausage. Uh, the, the flirting begins, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> puts all the meat in there, um, some pork shoulder, some other stuff. Uh, like spicy ingredients, too. Jalapeno, like, some... Uh, uh, what is it? Um, oh my god! I use it all the time, and my brain's not working. Uh, I, I, uh, cayenne pepper. Cayenne. Uh, there it is. Yeah. There. You go. Uh, and Al says <laughs> it sounds like it's going to be tough on the tummy. And then Tim brings up a uh, tray of I don't know uh, gas and acids. Yeah. yeah. Like, like there's it, there is a a pink uh, a pink liquid. I don't think he calls it Pepto Bismol, but he's put you know he's putting in Pepto and Maalox and, uh, <laughs> and a Soussion of Bino. Everybody remember Bino from the nineties? My family was oh, yeah. a big Bino family. Um, and all of these and like antacids and all these other things before pressing it into the sausage casing. Um, and then he, he just ends saying, "Don't eat uh, eat it near an open flame." And then we get a, a green puff of smoke coming out of it to transition us to the theme song. This, I I just really, I don't know, this cold open, I just really liked it. It was kind of all just one-liner based, like Tim doesn't destroy anything. It really was like uh, the writer, Laurie Gelman, and maybe some of the writer, uh, people in the writer's room were just like, let's go to an antique shop and just try to make a joke for every item we see, and we'll make a cold open out of that. I mean, I really could sense the writer's room on this one. Uh, It was just like, you know, there's the marker board with all the different jokes, paper planes are flying around, someone's snapping their gum, has their feet up on the table with their sneakers, their hat sideways, or the Mad Magazine falling out of their pocket. (laughs) Yeah, slingshot in their back pocket. (laughs) Someone's doodling a picture of Richard Nixon in a chef's hat saying, I am not a crook. Cook. I'm not a cook. So somebody's writing "school sucks" on their desk because I guess the writers' room <laughs> is a bunch of like, like the little rascals at this at this point. I um, well, I, I, and then and then but they're like, okay, we've got all these other jokes. We just we need something to go out, and I don't know. And like the head writers, like they're like Lori Gullman's like, yeah, guys, I don't know, I don't know what we're gonna do. I just eat my lunch. She pulls out a hot dog and takes a bite, and somebody goes, "That's it, hot dogs, <laughs> sausages." Um, oh I, god. I, I do I, I I don't know I I, th- I found it I found it fun I found it enjoyable also putting 
it mildly upset me, even though I get that the whole thing is a show and nothing is real. It upset me a little bit because the sausage he was making, like I actually was liking seeing how the sausage got made in spite of the, the, the old saying. And I, it actually seemed like a delicious sausage. Then he started putting all the other stuff in it. And I was like, Oh, you're ruining your sausage. <laughs> but it made me think of, um, so in Portland, there is a donut shop that has since gone mainstream and been franchised out called voodoo donuts, voodoo donut singular. Uh, but it they only have the, one donut in there. Yeah, they only have one, and people have one to fight donut a day. It. Yes. <laughs> it's an NT, uh, NFT. Uh, whoever <laughs> whoever pays for it that day gets that one donut. NFD. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, well, it, so it's this kind of under it when it was started in the like the early '90s. It was the underground punk rock donut shop where we don't play by society's rules. But they for a while had a donut that had Pepto-Bismol in it with the idea being, like, this this donut shop is in a shitty part of downtown Portland, and the idea being... Did it have that, pink frosting on it? Probably so, I mean, at that point. But the idea was that people would come in drunk, and then, oh, you can get the Pepto donut, and it, you know, it'll, like, you know, after all your drinking and your bar food, it'll be better. And uh, so they sold that for a while, and then the Department of Health, like, came in and said, you can't do this. You can't sell people medicine as food. It's bad. So, uh, I don't know. I feel like Tim had real big voodoo donut energy, like, with with this. Uh, If anything, it made me sad that the voodoo donut people didn't open a sausage-making factory, (laughs) because that also probably could catch on in Portland. Um, We go to the theme song. this concludes my anecdote. Yes, go to the theme song. (laughs) And we come out... um to the kitchen brad is coming down with some laundry while jill is on the phone she uh she just got an interview for a new research job uh, wait you mean that job where you work in the basement with no windows for no pay and she says god i hope i get it <laughs> and uh yeah so she's excited about this opportunity to get this uh research job where her yep. name will wind up on a research paper and then <laughs> about abnormal child psychology or something some long title that you would expect But who better than Jill to know about abnormal children? (laughs) Actually, that was probably a joke that's made in the episode. Uh, There's a knock at the door. Brad runs to get it. There's a ding dong. There's a ding dong at the door. It's the the doorbell. And it's a woman. Brad answers it, as you were saying. Uh, She asks for the man of the house. She's, you know, for the joke to work, have to mention. She's a beautiful woman. Yes. Uh, And And so Brad just kind of puffs up his chest. (laughs) The, the man of the house is Jonathan Taylor Thomas, as we all know. Okay, yes, Brad puffs up his chest. <laughs> and says that he is the man of the house. Um, so she asks him, well, what are you currently using for all your tough cleaning problems? And just at that moment, Tim comes down the stairs and goes, his mother. And, and Tim is on the other side. Like, the door is open. Tim, Tim yeah. knows it's a solicitor, but he can't see who it is. Who so says his mother. <laughs> but we can see who it is. And you know who it is? It's character actor Andrea C. Robinson. Oh, she has 30, 31 credits. Hmm. hmm. Can you believe it, Truman? I, I can believe it. I mean, she seems like a reasonably good actress. Uh, actor, she, yeah. She's mostly a, a TV actor. Uh, she's appeared in Baywatch Nights, Melrose Nights. Place, Star Trek, Nights. Deep Space Nine, oh, West dear. Wing, CSI Miami, NCIS, my mom's favorite TV show, Castle. Oh, that is such a parent show. Even it more is. so than NCIS. <laughs> it is. Um, so, uh, first of seven character actors in this jam-packed character a- actor so episode. Funny. The question is, was she on ER? Was she on and NYPD you Blue? Can, she, you can ask your clues. She was I not on NYPD Blue. Oh, God damn it. This is All of these shows that she's on are of the ER ilk. 
But then not on NYPD Blue. Not on NYPD Blue. Was she on Frasier? Not on Frasier. Never helpful to me to know that. Um, and she was not on Cheers. Okay, thank you. <sighs> I'm going to say... 31 credits. Big big old anime sweat drop dangling off my face here. <laughs> For all the chalupas. Well, no, this is for the. I mean, the last no, one is, is for all. They're the gonna chalupas. stop creating chalupas if if you get this wrong. Truthfully, when I go to Taco Bell, I, I never even order chalupas. I'm a crunch wrap man, so <laughs> you're not missing out if I fuck this up. She was not on ER. You are right. She was not on ER. <laughs> you are one for seven so far. This is too much stress for a Sunday, man. I, this is just. <laughs> I just want to have a nice day. Okay. So, uh, yeah, yeah, Tim Caesar. Uh, well, well, Tim, Tim says before he can see her. Tim says to Brad, "Brad, what did I tell you about talking to solicitors?" He comes around the door, sees that the solicitor is a beautiful lady. I said, "You need to be as nice to them as possible." <laughs> then he invites her inside, and at that moment, like the second that he invited her in, it was like game over, man. He, yeah, you you don't. The second that you feed into a, a solicitor, you're you're sold. I yeah, mean, no, like, she's done 90% of her job already. By getting in the door, yeah, you've all, yeah. as soon as it's not slammed in your face, you've won. Yeah. Um, but she's selling Liquid Wonder, um, and she's, uh, I, I, now listen, I don't, I don't buy a lot of things from solicitors, but she's selling these at $40 a case. That seems I'm, like, for a cleaner, that seems like a pretty good deal. How, I mean, it cost how, me how six many... bucks for a, a little pint of Liquid Plumber, so... Also, how many solicitors are you getting at your door in 2021? Really? They're just, just going door to every door? Every day. I just, every, the Bibles, encyclopedias, vacuums, liquid I was plumber. Say, yeah. Cigarettes, uh, cigars. <laughs> Insurance. Brain alcohol. The watchtower. Uh, 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 and <laughs> travel agent packages. Sure. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so anyway, he, but so she comes in, she makes the pitch about it. Tim half-heartedly says, oh, I got a whole case of Binford stuff in the, in the garage, but then yeah. he goes right ahead and he buys it. And we see Jill off around the other side in the kitchen listening to this and just shaking her head at Tim. Yeah, she's overhearing, uh, the, the sales pitch and seeing Tim fall right into the trap. Um, Tim ends up buying, you know, not just a bottle, but a case. Uh, again, I think $40 is not a bad price. Um, he, t- Tim says, I'll take one. And she says, just one bottle. And he says, one case. <laughs> she heads out the door. Then Jill immediately calls Tim out for falling for the flirting. Not, and this is where I thought it was like, this could have gone in a, like, uh, kind of an eye roll direction where Jill's like not even mad. She's just like, "Are you kidding me? You just fell for the you know the oldest yeah. trick in the book." She flipped her hair <laughs> in the book too. <laughs> she flipped her hair, and you know you bought it hook, line, and sinker. Um, and but she says, you know, would you would you have bought a case of that cleaning liquid if it was a man at the door? Yeah, and he and he he kind of half heartedly. Well, he says like, "Oh yeah, it's got hydroxychloroquine or whatever thing." He said, "Well, that's that's actually not the thing. That's a different thing." But he it is he, a different he, thing. He tries to make the case that, "Oh yeah, based on the based on the goodness of it," but he clearly doesn't even buy that. I also right. I also love that Tim like the amount of flirting that she, she doesn't even have to do that much flirting <laughs> to make a forty dollars sale. Like she really, yeah. all she really does is be attractive and like. I, yeah, and okay, so I, I've got a story here. I'm not gonna. It's it's kind of a long story, but I'm gonna truncate it 
uh, to this point, which is, I don't know if this is a reflection on me or just the kind of uh, simplistic way of looking at how people think flirting is effective at this sort of deal. Or maybe maybe it's reflective on the salesperson that um, she wasn't successful. But I was at the Third Street Promenade in LA. Mm. I was going mm-hmm. from Barnes & Noble, which is now gone, to uh, a movie theater. Which is also now see, gone. <laughs> to, to date the story, I was going to see Bronson starring uh, Tom Hardy. And I nice. already had my ticket, and I was walking across the street, and there was a woman that was, uh, I, I don't re- remember the organization, um, but it was one of these, like, uh, you know, for uh, a dime a day or something like that, you can help save uh, a child in another country. <clears throat> yeah. And you're like, I a, hate a noble, kids. Fuck them. A noble cause. I was flat broke at the time. Like, I was going to see a movie at a $2 theater in the middle of the afternoon. Like, I didn't have a job. I couldn't. <laughs> You know, like, I couldn't be thinking about that sort of thing. And you wanted someone to sponsor you. Someone in Ethiopia <laughs> send you a dime. At the at the outset of the conversation, I said, I'm not in a position to donate today. And she goes, well, okay. And then she went through, you know, she used some of her flirting techniques and kept me in conversation for about 20 minutes until there was like five minutes before my movie started. And at the culmination of the sales pitch that she gave me, she was like, so how much can I put you down for to donate? And I said, I'm not in a position to donate today. (laughs) And she got so fucking pissed at me. She like was yelling at me for wasting her time. Uh, And I learned a valuable lesson uh, from that interaction, which was as rude as it seems to just go, blazing by somebody who's trying to stop you and just saying, sorry, not today. It's, I think, ruder to waste their time and your time listening to the sales pitch. I'm assuming this woman was, like, Sophia Loren in the (laughs) 70s, beautiful, like, for you to stand there for 20 minutes knowing you weren't going to give her money, I mean, I enjoying... I didn't have anything else. I was going to sit in the movie theater and read a book on my phone for 30 minutes before the movie. You could watch the 20. Maria Menounos, she's very beautiful. She's not trying to sell you watches. (laughs) Like I said, this is a $2 theater. We didn't have all those pre-ad or pre-movie ads. So there's literally nothing to do but sit in a like garbage-ridden theater until the movie started. So (laughs) So your your pre-movie entertainment was was wasting a woman's time. Was was purposefully not helping a child in an improper I wasn't going to waste her time, but she stopped me. And despite me saying, I don't have the means to donate to you, but I think you're doing a good cause, congratulations. <laughs> Not congratulations. I don't remember exactly what I said. I'm like, uh, good luck with, uh, you know, um, what you're doing. She And that she got so pissed at me for saying, uh, best of luck, uh, and I really support what you're doing. I think because I didn't donate, uh, so I clearly wasn't supporting her in the way that she wanted. And, like, <laughs> my good luck could have been, you know, uh, fuck off for all that mattered. But, yeah, she, you weren't supporting her in the way that she wanted, which is tangible money. Like, that's yeah. her job. She can't go back to her, like, supervisor and be like, well, this guy did give me his best wishes. Is that going to help the kids? Uh, <laughs> she, her flirting went, like, the exact opposite as soon as I'm, as soon as she realized she's not going to get anything out of it. She, like, she flipped her hair backwards in front of her <laughs> she, face. <laughs> like Jill does later in the episode. I have a visual aid ready for that. There you um, go. Anyway, I lo- that's my story. I, I, 
I love that, though. You're just like, I will take your flirting, but give you nothing in return. <laughs> T- you have more willpower than Tim. Tim should have just taken the flirting and then sent the woman on her way. And then her, his sons could have gotten out of spending the entire episode cleaning everything in the house. To To her credit, though, I did feel guilty about it at a certain point in my life when I did have some money and then ended up like the, the story. That moment never left my mind. And I did end up <laughs> donating to an organization later in life because of that. That's that's the long that's long game flirting. It's like it's like you 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 flirt with them and then you neg them really hard by yelling at them and you get in their brain and years later they make a really big donation. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Hook line oh. and sinker. Um okay, we get a uh liquid wonder transition. Uh someone sprays the screen and we are now in the university office. Um a woman approaches the receptionist. This is a weird way to start the scene. Like a very a char- strange. Way. Like it focuses on a character that we've never seen before walking up to a receptionist that we've never seen before in a location that we've never seen before. And I'm like, did my episode get crossed with another episode of a TV show that got canceled that I don't know about? I I was I was thinking as I was watching it, like, wait, do, did we meet this person in a previous episode and I forgot? <laughs> like, what happened here? Yeah. Um. N- her name, it's going to turn out in a minute, uh, happens to be Patty. Uh, she is there to see if Jill is out of the interview yet, which seems like, Patty, just wait in the hall until Jill's out of the interview. Don't pester the it, people that are trying to give her a job. If you can't see Jill, she's probably still in the interview. <laughs> I mean, this is basic stuff. Um, but she goes on to say, you know, to the receptionist, oh, I'm always running late. I don't know what it is with me. And the receptionist, in, in like, big... Um, uh, oh my God! I'm blanking on her name. Uh, Shirley Prestia, uh, Dolores, in yeah. like big Dolores energy. She's like, I'm the receptionist. I don't care what it is with you. That's literally <laughs> BDE. Uh, yeah, no, I I kind of love this moment with the receptionist. I kind of love when a minor character is yeah. just given a huge amount of sass to throw at someone in a show. <laughs> I, that that really that was that was pretty cool. Uh, uh, this brings us into a twofer character actor corner. We're going to learn about this receptionist and Patty. Uh, let's start with the receptionist. She is played by um, an actress by the name of Jane Holleran. Uh, she has 21 credits in movies such as the amazing Ma- uh, Albert Brooks comedy, Modern Romance. My God, my brain hot-wired itself. Not uh, to be confused with True Romance, <laughs> which is not an Albert Brooks comedy. No, it's not. Modern Romance, brilliant movie you haven't seen. It. Body Heat, which I think at this point, outside of William Hurt, I think we've had every single other character from Body Heat on Home Improvement. Uh, also in the movie, My Girl, the TV shows Matlock, Moonlighting, and L.A. Law. Wishy on ER. L.A. Law. Mm, okay. Uh, was she on NYPD Blue? She was not on NYPD Blue. Matlock, you said? She was on Matlock. I'm going to say 21 30, credits, you said? 20, 21 credits. And she was not on Cheers or Frasier. I'm going to say not on ER. She was not on ER. Correct. I live to lose another day. Okay. Two, well, you got another choice right now. You are two for seven. Uh, Patty, she's played by an actress by the name of Tammy Lauren with 61 credits. Okay, this is... 
<laughs> uh, she's mostly on TV in Fantasy Island uh, was her first credit. Mork and Mindy, Chips, Matlock, Drew Carey, Two and a Half Men. Uh, she was in... Yeah. What a Matlock on this episode. What a Matlock. Just, well, we not it's heard... not the last we've heard of it either. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> have there ever been Matlock guests on this show? Okay, she cool. was in a TV movie that I didn't know existed and now I have to see called The Stepford Children, which is a <laughs> a sequel to The Stepford Wives. No one needed this. Uh, I needed this. Uh, speak for yourself, sir. Most importantly, she was perhaps one of the most underrated final girls in all of horror history in Wishmaster. Mm. That's the one with the uh, Jack Russell Terrier who tells scary stories from ancient literature, right? Yep. <laughs> yep. Thank you. That's it for me, folks. I don't... I... <laughs> <laughs> Wishbone was not in my uh, wheelhouse growing up, but I had forgotten about Wishbone until this very moment. So thank you for that. Wishbone lives in my heart the way that I am told Jesus does uh, in Christians' <laughs> hearts. Uh, okay, so was she on ER? She was. Uh, she was on E slash R, but not ER. <laughs> oh, wait, but did you just did I did you just tell me the answer to the game? <laughs> did I crack the code of how to play this? Um, you might have cracked the code. Uh, I I did not give you the answer. I I was saying she was on E slash R. I love that I'm drinking alcohol and you're drinking coffee, and yet somehow you are sloppier than me. Um, was she on NYPD Blue? She was not on NYPD Blue. I'm gonna say she's not on ER. She was not on ER. You are right. I, I I think I I had a little assist on that one, folks. I used a lifeline. Uh, okay. Um, okay. Last thing to say about Tammy Lauren uh, playing Patty is that uh, Patty seems like what? Okay, she's the new Karen slash Marie. What? What? Ha- I mean, we got a we got at least a little bit of an explanation as to what happened to Karen. She moved away. What happened to Marie? I don't know. I'm like we used to think that Randy was a serial killer, and we kind of abandoned that. But the fact that that Jill has multiple female friends who just kind of disappear, like just like, I mean, it's somewhat true to real life. Friends come and go and disappear out of your life. Some stay forever, but uh, that's uh, heavy, dude. Don't bring like we're trying to have fun here. Hey, people's lives change and flow in different directions. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it in a, a negative way. Just yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, I guess that's I guess that's true, but yeah, they. I don't know. It is it is weird the amount of turnover in friendships that Jill has had, especially because yeah. these are generally established people with like families who own property and have children and have put down roots in Royal Oak. So, for my my own closure on the Marie story, um, I do think that she may have murdered her husband uh, and claimed it was him running off with a uh, other person, and now she's on the lam, perhaps the- even in witness protection. Because her husband was the meat man, it would make sense that she's on the lamb. Also, um, also, if she killed her husband, the best way to dispose of the body is to put him into the meat. Anyway, that's all I have to say about that. Okay, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. Thank uh, you. Okay, we're coming out of character actor corner, back into the office. Uh, Jill comes out from her interview, and uh, we learn that this woman's name is Patty. Um Jill says that the interview went well, and Patty says that Jill is a shoe in because she's just so goddamn good at psychology. 
how, how do you, how do you know so much about abnormal behavior? Have you met my husband? Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really good. Uh, we <laughs> we cut to oh was she on ER? We cut out before. Thank you. Um, oh. we uh, we. Yeah, we didn't uh, do the ER game. Oh, for, shit, I for... got out of the ER game. Oh, man. <laughs> you did. Okay, okay so... Remind me. Uh, wait, what's she on? Was she on ER? Was she on NYPD Blue? She was not at NYPD Blue. This is the one with 61 credits, correct? Six, uh, 61 credits, yes. Uh, Matlock, and you said she was on LA Law, or was the other one who was on LA Law? There's so uh, many she, was not on, and <laughs> she was on an episode of Matlock, yes, but not LA Law. Two and a half men. I'm going to say no. She was not on ER. She was not on ER, and thank God you forgot that I gave you the answer for that one. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, So good. now we have an, uh, an authentic answer from you. Um, but you got it right. She was not on ER. So you are three for seven, sir. I, that should be four for seven since I answered it twice and apparently forgot in the middle of it. <laughs> uh, okay, we cut to the next scene um, where Jill and Patty are driving home. Uh, Jill is excited to be, um, to have her name on a research paper. Yes. Yes, she is. And she's uh, so excited that her foot just pedaled gets, gets heavy. Lead, yeah. lead foot. She's going, what, 75 and a 65? 70 uh, and a 65, as we learn in a moment. But, uh, she gets pulled over. We, we know what that sounds like. Yeah. Uh, gets pulled over. And, uh, uh, Patty is also giving her shit nonstop throughout this thing for, um, for, I don't know, just for how fast she's driving. For the fact, she's going to get pulled over by a cop. Patty, and she's only not driving exists. that fast, as we learn. Five over the speed limit. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's. I feel like you're within your rights to be within. <laughs> that's what five I set m- the auto. That's what I said. Cruise control for is just five over the speed limit. I feel um, like there's there's a like your odometer has a five mile an hour, uh, you know, forgiveness range on it. it yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think you can even tell with that degree of accuracy how fast you're going. It can't tell yep. within five miles an hour. This welcome back to car talk with Truman and Landon. Um, she rolls down the window as the cop uh, arrives, asks for her license and registration, and yes. she immediately says, "Oh yeah, yeah, I got it. It's just in my purse." And her purse just happens to be in the back seat, and she happens to, um, yeah, uh, bend over the back seat. She- she reaches into the back seat, uh, thrusting her butt up into view of the cop, <laughs> and then comes back and is rummaging for her license and registration. Yep. And she is, in the meantime, explaining to the cop, you know, I'm so, I'm sorry, I was just so excited that I was driving fast because I'm just about to get a job that will, that might mean that I could get my name on a research paper about antisocial dynamics among, uh, you know, in the sociological development of adolescent males. And the cop just kind of looks at her blankly and she says, but I guess you hear that all the time, don't you? <laughs> Just tonight. Uh, and that brings the, us to the, another the character actor corner. Yes. Believe it or I, not, we are I'm, on our fourth character actor corner for I'm, this episode. I am punch drunk with character actor corners and, uh, and only mildly alcohol drunk. Do you recognize this gentleman? No, should I? You should. Yes, you should. I'm going to tell you, you should. I still don't. I, I'm going to feel, I'm going to have an epiphany when you tell me, though. Mike Starr, next to James Hong, might be the most prolific character actor we've ever had on the show before. He has 239 credits to his name. Okay. I need to take a deep breath for this one. 
On TV, he has starred in Hawaii Five O, Family Ties, Kojak, Chicago Hope, Law and Order, News Radio, Third Rock, Grace Under Fire, Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, West Wing, Scrubs, NCIS, CSI New York, The Office, Days of Our Lives, Young and the Restless, Psych, Bones, Billions, Curl Show, Shameless, and Ray Donovan, and has appeared in such movies as Cruising, The Natural, The Money Pit, Uncle Buck, Collision Course, that's the one with Jay Leno and Pat Marisha, uh, Goodfellas. Now, here's where you're going to... Get ready to get your leg limbered up to kick yourself. Okay. He's been in Miller's Crossing, The Bodyguard. Yes, The Hudsucker Proxy. <laughs> Ed Wood, Dumb and Dumber, and Blown Away, which I can tell you are right now as you walk away from the microphone. I am I am blown away. I th- think I'm really playing to the, to the people watching on camera. Those of you listening at home, I walked away from the mic and shuck. Okay, I was going to ask you who he was in the office, but I have to know. In the Hudsucker Proxy, you can just tell me the name of the character and I'll... And I will I'll... tell you the name of the character. I've got it pulled up right here. Yeah, I, th- this, this I need to know. I already have my answer, but yeah. Newsroom reporter. Newsroom... Oh, so he's one of the dudes talking to Frazier's dad. Oh, my God. That's so great. <laughs> and to tie this back at the beginning of the episode, You Sexy Thing was in Dumb and Dumber, which is his oh. most prominent role as the thug who, who has they, to endure the most annoying sound in the world. That's the one who they kill, like he eats the, the really spicy yes. sandwich. Nah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Dear gas man, <laughs> etc. I mean, look. Uh, I'm he was on ER. I'm just gonna say that with 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 that number of credits, like if I lose do it on want, this one, do you want your clues? Oh yeah, well I mean, was he on NYPD Blue? He was not on NYPD Blue. Well, that's a little concerning, and yet somehow, I still just feel like statistically, I mean, he was on Scrubs for fuck's sake. He, he was, was not on, on Cheers. He was not on Cheers. Well, yeah, I mean, okay. He was on an episode of Frasier. Was he now? Yeah. Do, do you happen to have the title of that Frasier episode? This helps nothing. It just needlessly prolongs the episode. But uh... Uh, Seat of Power. Nah, I remember that one. That was a good episode. Um, I, st- I, you know what? I still have to say. I think he was. I he was on ER. I'm just gonna go with it. I'm sorry, gang. Uh, okay. So your answer was he on ER? Yes. And you said. He, he was. With 239 credits, he was not on ER. <laughs> That's a double walk away from the microphone for this one character actor. Fuck. <laughs> oh, Truman, thank you for taking the dive on the Chalupa Challenge so that I, I didn't have to dive on that grenade when the grunt count came because you made me double guess my guess. I was not taking a dive. I was playing the game honestly. <laughs> oh, everyone in the chat is so upset everyone about their the loss upset. of chalupas. <laughs> oh, God, why did I sign myself up for this fucking... Uh, <laughs> God, the, Listen, the, vision, okay. the visions of people I've wronged You, you were playing the me. numbers on that one, and no one can blame you for that. 239 credits, I, how could uh, you not say yes to ER? I, 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 you can, know. S- I can see a couple people who are blaming me for that one right now. In fact, numerous <laughs> people could blame me for that one. Uh, I just say don't... Don't lose sleep over it. I feel like I would have made the same mistake. Oh, boy. Well, okay. Thank thank you. Okay, Wabajack's saying that there was, with seven actors to go through, no one had faith in me to get this The right. odds were stacked against you, man. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. really are. The odds were not ever in my favor. I'm surprised I made it this far. Hey, you know what? It's just an honor to be considered. Okay. Well, <laughs> all right. 
I'm not mad about it at all. I'm not going to punch a hole in one of these yeah. walls here. <laughs> Let's quickly finish the scene. Uh, Jill asks um, suddenly. Uh, she gets it in her head to ask for a warn- warning uh, rather than a ticket, and um, she, she starts to flirt with him. Kind of makes okay. eyes at Let, him. Let's let's pause right there. I mean, okay, you and I. I mean, my hair's not quite as long as yours. Uh, you've you've got the <laughs> you've got the long hair. You could do a hair flip right now. I I I can and frequently do. Uh, I I don't understand. Me off with a warning, (laughs) please. I don't understand the hair flip as a flirtation technique. Well, um, saying this with long, luscious hair dangling in my face sounds kind of conceited. But hair is traditionally like a like a symbol of virility and sexuality. So people touching their hair or playing with their hair is like a flirtational tactic. Like it sends a message to people. Well, yeah, I I get that uh to a certain degree um but i don't know it's just like they they use it as like a superpower that it's like i don't know I, and maybe it's, they just need to simplify it for the sake of the argument of the episode but like they're basically positing that just a flip of the hair is all one needs to win whatever over they need to like i get like if it's subtle in the midst of a date or something uh it can have an effect but I don't know. I'm just not buying it. Look, I, I agree. It's it's bullshit. The the thing the thing that can win a, a guy over and get him to do anything is a subtle touch of the arm. And that's the arm touch is vastly vastly more powerful than hair flipping. So. Yeah. Well, I no doubt about that. I just wonder Did, if if there's. Uh, I mean that that's pretty blatant. Um, if the if that if that lady who you talked to who was trying to get you to save the children had touched your arm, you would have saved those children. You would have given her the money, you're the two dollars you were going to spend to see Tom Hardy and Bronson. <sighs> I had already bought the ticket though. I mean, that was my money for the day. You would have refunded the ticket. You would have ha- you would have given her the ticket, and some kid in a developing nation would get to see Tom Hardy and Bronson. <sighs> I don't wish that on those kids. Um, was that a movie about Bronson Pinchot, by the way? From uh... <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hardy does an amazing job uh, in Perfect Strangers. Jill, uh, he does let her off with a we, warning. We, we are so happy we do the dance of joy. I'm sorry. That's even what Tom Hardy sounds no, like. No, not at all. He's British. Uh, <laughs> we do the, the dance co- of joy, Govna. Let's just get through this. He lets her off with a warning. And I wrote a note here that in the next scene, it burns me pretty bad. Because I was like, home improvement, you're burned. I got you so bad. I wrote, the cop walks off with her license and registration. Thinking the director, thinking the writer, thinking the blocking of the scene was just mismanaged. You you, you rushed to the IMDb goofs section, ready to... <laughs> I was, yes. I'm like, I'm ready, poised, my fingers were curved, ready to start typing. Uh, man... It burns me back pretty hard. We get a truck transition to the car a little bit later. You know I love a, tr- a good truck in, a, you do, in an you episode. You love a good truck. Uh, and Jill says, boy, that was lucky. She got away. Uh, it's her and Patty still driving home. And Patty then calls her out for flirting. Like, uh, oh, yeah, it's no doubt you got off with that. Uh, uh, with just a Luck warning. I mean, to do with it. For how much you were flirting with that guy. Yeah. Um, he's, yeah. She says would, she, he would have let you off with a dead body in the back. Um. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that either. Yeah, I don't think she flirted that hard. Uh, but to, and Jill is beating herself up for it, saying, "I can't believe I did that." You know, Tim and I just had a big argument about how I hate it when women manipulate men that way. I hate myself. 
And Patty says, I hate you too, which is, I mean, she's joking around, but I'm also just like, I kind of like the sassy interplay the two of them have, and I just wish that we knew Patty better before now to get more into that. Yeah. Uh, And Jill starts talking about how Tim was doing it earlier and that she is, you know, this starts her like disgust with herself for having flirted her way out of a ticket. She's a little disappointed um, that she sunk to that level in her own mind. Um, And uh, she tried to flirt. Oh, Patty says, I tried to flirt my way out of a ticket once and got uh, got a ticket for her. And then we get an indecent exposure transition. What what is an indecent exposure transition? I don't even remember that. It's it's a oh the, uh, oh yeah a ticket, the, yeah like a ticket book with like indecent exposure written across it, and the hand tears it off. It's a very weird, very literal transition. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we have another one of those coming up in a minute. But um, we get the transition to the kitchen where Randy and Mark are uh, cleaning with yes. uh, liquid liquid wonder. Yes, and they're both up. They're upset that they have to spend the whole day cleaning. And Tim says, "Well, we bottle this liquid wonder. We've got to use it." When has I, Tim ever, like, well, like I, I will say, okay. One note I wrote was, "It's nice to see Tim cleaning more this season." I feel like we've seen him cleaning up a bit more than we have in the past. But I think the bigger note is, you bought all the liquid wonder. Why do you have to use it immediately? It, yeah, is it save it? Use it over time. You got a whole case of it. It's not like it's like got avocado in it or something. It's not gonna go bad really quickly. <laughs> like it's it's not mayonnaise left in yeah. the sun. It's it it's it's literally made of preservatives and solvents and shit. Like it cannot go off. Uh, the only way it would be mayonnaise in the sun is if Mark ate a sandwich you better edit that one out um no that's actually good language and i like it a lot <laughs> no it's not ding dong uh jill answers the door and it's the police officer okay by the way uh heron want everyone watching me uh, spit yeah, my put own your head back on i should um when the police officer showed up my first thought was oh oh no did the cop get the wrong idea from the flirting is he here to try and like follow up like i thought it was gonna yeah. go in a much darker direction for a second then i realized like oh no no it's a sitcom what yeah. it's not like it's not like she has like a cop stalking her now i mean it does get dark in that it burns me here that uh my note in trying to take home improvement down a peg takes me down about three pegs uh because the officer is there because he walked away with her license and registration <laughs> so it does it does imply that jill flirted so hard jill was so sexy that this cop forgot his like this very basic aspect of cop training and just like walked off with her stuff i'm not gonna argue with that uh so she starts saying you know what i thought about it after uh after you walked away and i'd really feel more comfortable if you gave me the ticket uh i flirted my way out of it and you know i'm disappointed in myself i wish i hadn't done that meanwhile tim just like jill earlier in the episode kind of walks over and is overhearing all this yeah and the the cop basically says no if i you know what if i just gave you a ticket when you asked for one then i'd have everybody asking me for one and so he leaves and jill shuts the door and then tim is just like it's very well blocked she shuts the door and then tim is standing there behind the door holding a mop just stroking his chin and she looks at him just trying to piece together the situation because obviously he didn't know she got pulled over (laughs) and And he's like if one didn't know better it would sound like you just asked the police officer for a speeding ticket now immediately before that shuts the door tim is standing there looking confused by this and like trying to piece it together and joel just goes 
there is an explanation. And Tim goes, I'm dying to hear it. And I just kind of love that, like, I love these moments between them where, like, they're not really mad at each other, but they are both, yeah. like, like Tim is, knows that he's got a chance to win something. And just, I don't know. I, I yeah. like these moments of interplay between them. It, it's good. This is why I fall on the side of favor for this episode rather than being put off by it because I feel like it could have so easily gone in the other direction. And perhaps in an earlier season, it would have gone in like yes. a how dare you. And then all of a sudden, Jill does the thing and now she has to like apologize for flirting. You know, like it could have gone in a much different direction. Instead, it's got Absolutely. this kind of playful to it yeah yeah because tim tim is saying you know it sounded like you were begging a michigan state trooper to give you a speeding ticket and she's explaining that she flirted and everything and i don't know i what i yeah i like about this as they're talking about it is tim really doesn't care that she did this more than anything tim is proud of her for doing it like she says i'm worse than the liquid wonder woman and tim says well she was flirting to sell cleaner your flirting brought down the entire criminal justice system (laughs) uh yeah i just just like that tim like tim very much sees this as you know as a uh, win yeah yeah as a win and and like he's just discovering a new a new superpower that she has uh in fact he says uh, he's proud of her, and he wishes he had sexy legs so that he could drive as fast as he wants. And uh, Jill goes, you're missing the point. Cue Randy to walk by them. Uh, and Tim goes, no, the point is, if I were a sexy woman, life would be a lot easier. <laughs> to to stop Randy in his tracks in the background. And Randy just goes, and mine would be a lot more screwed up. <laughs> um, I mean... It goes for mentioning that I don't think any man's life is going to be easier if he's an attractive yeah. woman, but it's the. It, it's That's the where 90s. I was like, I was glad that the conversation ended there and it was, you know, jocular for the, you know, most part, that we didn't have to have a conversation of Tim asserting his point in any kind of serious way beyond that. It was just what yeah. it was for yeah. Randy to give us a double take to the camera. Yeah. Um, and we all had a good larf. The yeah. transition we get here too is a pink magenta feathered boa falls from the ceiling, wraps around Tim's neck and takes us to commercial. <laughs> I am, I've at the point where the transitions pass straight through, like they don't even <laughs> attach to my brain. I don't remember that even happening at all. I'm sure it did. It's well, there's, been... <laughs> we got another transition later on that I have to, um, I, that I will point out uh, in a minute. Or did we pass it already? No, we, let me see. I think we might have we might have passed it already. Oh my God, we passed it. Uh, let me see. Uh, there's something. <laughs> this I have to draw it out. No, 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 it's coming up in the next okay, scene. Good. Okay, good. Okay, good. Exciting stuff. Great content. Thank you for spending your Sunday with us. <laughs> so, uh, Jill is out back. We cut to yep. Jill out back from the boa transition, and she is taking the. Yes, Landon. I, okay. I, before we get front? deep into the scene, I just I, I got to go on a tangent about. I love Jill to death, obviously. There's no complaint about Jill. I have one complaint about Jill. She doesn't know how to throw boxes away. We've seen her in the back before trying to throw a pizza box into the trash can. That didn't work then. Now she's trying to shove this entire liquid wonder box into the trash can. First of all, break the boxes down. Yeah, of it makes course. it makes life easier. What are you Second, a psycho or something? Yeah, a pizza box you can't recycle because it's soiled with food. But liquid plumber or liquid uh, liquid wonder you could. I've been disposing of my pizza boxes the wrong way for a while. Okay, this has been an educational podcast. <laughs> well, you can tear off the lid as long as it's not soaked through with grease. But the bottom part you probably don't. I I mean, I, what's the point of what's the point of eating a pizza box? Okay, well, okay, 
<laughs> you just got owned on, yes. on our own episode. I, I guess I ha- I have not been recycling pizza boxes incorrectly because my girlfriend is separating them out of recycling for us. Truman's girlfriend, quote, I keep taking them out of recycling. My, Th- that's my emphasis. This is on it. This is Put my own stink on it. The home improvement episode that is my life. <laughs> uh, also, there's no point to ordering a pizza if it's not going to soak grease through the bottom of the box. So I, I hope we've all learned something here today. <laughs> the chat is blowing up right now. By the way, I, I know, I know. This is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you took the heat for me actually trashing on Jill here, but uh, bringing it back to the episode, um, Jill uh, Wilson hears Jill outside and goes, uh, is there a reason why you're thrashing your trash? Such a good line. Such a good line. Uh, and she is explaining that she's pissed off about having sunk to the level of the uh, liquid wonder. She calls her a sales strumpet or a sale. Like she, I don't know. She has a... yeah negative term for for yeah. this woman who's just doing her job but, and most uh, times in with goes that's no way to talk about kathy yeah i bought a case myself <laughs> and uh you know you know wilson explains that well everybody eventually is susceptible to the whims of the opposite sex and or the wiles and whims of the opposite sex and jill uh says she's worried that she <clears> might have <throat> been inadvertently flirting with the professor and that's why her first interview went so well yeah and then uh, wilson well, yeah, yeah. Uh, I well, you know me with the Wilson scenes. They just uh, Wilson scenes are like transitions to exactly. you. Exactly. Where yes. like I, it's I have a Teflon brain when it comes to it for some reason. That's why, why that's why we need both of us on this podcast. There's certain yes. aspects of the show that only one of us can handle. But I wrote down one quote. I want you to tell me how we got there because okay, it, for the one of the first times ever, I was disappointed in Wilson. Because <laughs> uh, okay, so he says that you know uh, sometimes women flirt to level the playing field, which, you know, uh, you just said, and I understand uh, his point there. Um, but then I wrote down a quote he says where he says, I didn't make the rules. I'm just on the winning team. Yeah, that one was a little bit of an oof. <laughs> I mean, uh, to be fair, though, to be fair. He how, did, is... how did we get there, though? How did how did we get to Wilson saying that? So Wilson explains that, uh, you know, he some uh, he quotes some some prominent Canadian feminist Wilson, a Canadian, is, you know, calling out his, his own country. Uh, but, uh, the, you know, this feminist who suggests that uh, that women have to flirt in order to level the playing field with men because mm-hmm. we live in a male-dominated patriarchal society, and that's the only way that women can hope to achieve any level of parity is to, you know, use their feminine wiles. And mm-hmm. what Jill says is, so what you're saying is you guys own the stadium and we're just the pom-pom girls, and then Wilson says, you know, I'm sorry, lady neighbor, I'm just on the winning team or something to that effect, which. Yeah, I, make, the only thing that makes me feel better about that is that this was written by a woman. A, that it's written by a woman. And B, Wilson is calling out and acknowledging his privilege, which is, yeah. you know, pretty good. Look, I mean, honestly, I think this this is a I, I really like this scene simply because it's just you. I don't feel like this sort of discussion was happening. Like I said earlier, it was not happening yeah. on primetime TV any place. Regardless um, of my feelings about how the episode goes from here, I mean, good on you, Home Improvement, for talking about it. like this is like twenty twenty. I don't know. This is twenty twenty one level of discourse in like a may, minute. May, of a I, I'll home give you two thousand seven. I don't know about twenty twenty one. Maybe know, maybe after the episode, but not definitely not twenty twenty one. Watch watch two white guys debate about where <laughs> feminism is at right now. This is what everybody wants to see. It's um. I don't know. I anyway, mean, it's a good Wilson. Scene, but they, yeah. 
Wilson says that he he also succumbs to uh, uh, flirting to get what he wants sometimes, that uh, he sometimes flirts to get the library books he wants. He flashes his baby blues and then quotes the Greek philosophers, um, which gives him what he wants. He also quotes Greek philosophers to Tim and Jill all the time. So is he flirting with everybody? I mean, is is Wilson by? Is Wilson Pan? I mean, who knows? It depends on what he's trying to get out of the situation. If it's to get Tim to shut up and walk away. <laughs> to make Tim, a, he flirts just Tim to make him there. uncomfortable, to get him away. I, uh, uh, fuck, I don't know. It doesn't seem to work. <laughs> Tim keeps coming back. He's, yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, we get a library book transition. Okay, well, and the, I'm sorry, one other thing. Th- okay. This conversation ends with Jill just resolving, like, I am sick of playing these games. I'm not yeah. going to flirt to get what I want. My next interview with the professor, I'm not going, I'm just going to go in there on my merits as a person. Right. Yes. Um, and we get a, from Wilson's library book uh, story, we get a library book transition. But, uh, and I only noticed this because I paused it to take notes right when the transition happened. <laughs> the transition is a bunch of library books, but... Someone had just taped on, like, just, like, printed out on regular computer paper and printed on, and, and taped on bindings to a few of these books that just said, uh, uh, flirting, eye contact, hair flips. <laughs> these could all be chapters in one book about flirting. Why are there multiple books? What, they, they, I don't, I don't know. Your are out of control. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, so, uh, go to the library, get your, uh, get your hair flip Volume four. <laughs> we go before, to. before there were pickup artists and men's rights activists and whatever, there was you just go to the library and you get the book on hair flipping. Oh, um, we're so, running along in the episode. I'm not going to talk about when I used to work for a pickup artist community. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's a Grunt Work Nights episode. Everybody. That's a Grunt Work Nights episode. Yeah. Uh, we go to the kitchen, uh, you transition to the kitchen. Uh, the boys have used up all the liquid wonder, still don't know why they're wasting it. They, they finally, like, we have one bottle left and, uh, Randy pours it down the drain. Ha. Ha ha ha. ha. Jill comes down looking serious and professional. Yeah, Ready she's for ra- her interview. Like, like a business suit, business skirt, whatever. I mean, and- okay. She, she's overcompensating. I'm, I'm just going to say, look. Far be it for me to comment on how a woman decides to dress, but she's actively trying to look conservative here. What she's wearing, she's like one hat away from looking like she's trying to seduce Indiana Jones in 1941. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's definitely she's got like or or like she's or um or or in Back to the Future Three, uh, uh Mary Steenburgen in Back to the Future Three, the like kind of like school teacher who's like a school marm. Yeah, like an Old West school marm who winds up marrying Doc Brown and being totally on board with the fact that he has a flying time-traveling train. Uh, yeah, that's that's another matter. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's she's going very much for the, like, trying not to look sexy at all. But, like, yeah. the, first, like the boys all mention, like, oh, mom, you look really good. And then Tim comes in and goes, like, oh, yeah, and, and says, like, she's trying to say that she wants to look professional and stuff. And Tim says, come on, baby, spin, spin for daddy. For daddy. I want to say now that I think that by and large in this episode, Tim really doesn't offend me that much. Like he has some boorishness, whatever. This is gross. This is disgusting. I don't like. I don't. I don't like. The I don't know. Of- it's it's to his wife. I'm, I'm okay with that. I like find he, it- he's he's hamming it up a little bit. Like I get your point. 
And I would find it disgusting in another circumstance. And it's not ideal, but I, I forgive it here. I look, I find it endearing in this in in the rest of this scene how how just unabashedly sexually attracted Tim is to his wife and how beautiful yeah. he thinks his wife is. Like I, that that's sweet. You know, you you love your wife. You think she's gorgeous. You think she's very sexy. I just just the the word daddy in a kind of <laughs> sexual romantic context. I don't need that. Let's just not do that. Uh, other, otherwise, okay. That might but, be more on you than the general population. <laughs> welcome but. to Truman bringing his own baggage into the podcast work. <laughs> Tim um, can't control himself, uh, as we, we are saying here. Um, and, and, and she his, starts talking about, you know, I dress this way to, you know, to turn off all flirtations, to, to look conservative and just be taken on my own merits. And Tim's like, oh, yeah, nothing turns a man on more than a conservative. Remember what a fan I used to be of Barbara Bush? That that put me off more than anything. Also, I'm sorry. Also, Tim makes an episode in another makes an episode makes a comment in another episode about how he thinks how he, he like thinks about Margaret Thatcher in order to like not to not drive Jill's British sports car. But I mean, oh, that conservative woman doesn't do it for you, Tim. I'm sorry. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I I'm just saying this this points to a get- this points to a fallacy in his logic. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is kind of grim in this that Jill is finding out, I guess, for the first time that no matter how she dresses to try and accentuate her personal qualities over her physical ones, that men will always objectify her. That's yeah. kind of a dark realization to have to make in this episode. And again, I don't expect home improvement to, like, interrogate that in a deep and, and serious fashion. But it is. And they did yeah, they didn't. It was just—it was just a little grim that Jill, like Jill, finding out that that she will be objectified no matter what she wears, and it's, uh, yeah, a little, a little. It makes it hard to laugh at those bits, even though I think they were written relatively well. Yeah. Well. Okay. Then I don't know how you feel about the next episode, uh, next scene where we get a scene slide transition to back to the interview office to Doctor Matthews' interview space. <laughs> I don't feel great about this next scene, just in general. But yes. <laughs> Uh, Jill comes in, the receptionist is there, and uh, she says Dr. Matthews is with the uh, previous um, interviewee, candidate is the word I was looking for, Yeah. Uh, so just sit down and wait, and uh, Jill's sitting there waiting, and immediately self-doubts, and goes, you know what, no, I, 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 I have to get this job, I'll do anything to get this job. Well, she sees the previous interviewee come out, who's a oh, very right. beautiful woman in okay. a very short right. skirt, and My kind bad. of you know, sexing it up a bit. So, yeah. Yeah, so Dr. Matthews and uh, Brenda walks out, and Brenda flirts like the Dickens. She does the hair flip. Um, It's a thing. And we also see Dr. Matthews, who she's going to interview with in a moment. Let's go to our, uh, not our last. I thought it was our last. We have one more. But another twofer character actor corner. Chalupas are off the table. Pressure's off, Truman. Doesn't matter. Whatever. <laughs> Let's start with uh, Dr. Matthews. He's played by an actor by the name of Rick Lenz. He has 69 credits. Mm, nice. Mostly television. Going back to Green Acres. Um, by the way, side tangent, uh, I, I mentioned recently that I've been getting back into listening to baseball. I'm shocked that they still play the Green Acres theme on the organ. What, they? I don't even know what the Green Acres theme is. Did it, did it, did it. Dude, oh, okay. So you start it, and I can immediately end it. Yeah, exactly. That's the Green Acres theme. Okay. Yeah. Now I feel like it's just a baseball 
organ thing. Like, who knows that's from Green Acres? Anyway, I, I've only heard tangent. it, like, played at, like, sporting events or whatever. Exactly. That, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Uh, maybe maybe Green Acres, maybe it goes back further than that. I don't know. Anyway, uh, he was on the $6 million man in two episodes where they introduced the Bionic Woman, which makes sense because he was then in The Bionic Woman. Uh, he was on an episode of Fantasy Island, Dynasty, TJ Hooker, Lou Grant, The Greatest American Hero, Wings, Baywatch, The Practice, Strong Medicine with Patricia Richardson. Medicine, you say? Strong medicine. Like they use in an emergency room? <laughs> uh, perhaps. Are you flirting with me? What is this? What are we doing? With our, why are we touching our mouths? Don't... I was I was this putting one finger to my dimple and, and turning it. And the cheekily. camera's not on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, was Rick Lenz on ER? Is the question of the moment. Was he on NYPD Blue? <laughs> he was not on NYPD Blue. No, he was not on ER. He was not on Cheers, and he was not on Frasier. Was he on ER? Your final answer is no. He was not on ER. You are correct, sir. If I if I get all the other ones right, this will be extra painful. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Then Brenda is played by Jolie Jacunas. She has twelve credits. Uh, okay. Her her acting credits are kind of whatever. Most importantly, this is what we have to know about Jolie. She was the casting director and appeared in a little film by the name of The Dead Next Door. <laughs> Okay. You probably haven't heard of it. I have it's not. It's a horror film that needs to be rediscovered. It's on par with the best of the bad bees. Mm. Uh, it, 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 <laughs> the the best of the bad bees sounds like a good like <laughs> schlocky horror movie about killer bees. But go on. Sam Raimi took some of his Evil Dead uh, residuals and helped mm. uh, fund this movie. Um, I don't remember if I, I actually do think, but I can't confirm uh, off the top of my head that it's a Michigan production. Um, but it is one of the most audacious uh, attempts at a feature-length zombie movie um, since probably Dawn of the Dead. Wow! Uh, but it's done on such a minuscule budget. Anyway, I'm just really I want to get the word about The Dead Next Door. Everyone needs to go see it. It's fantastic. She's the casting director for it and plays a major part in it. Wow. Um, so she cast herself in in the role. A little bit of nepotism <laughs> she, there. And then later she was in uh, Thou Shall Not Kill Except. Uh, oh, I, in yep. which <laughs> what? I remember that title. That's a good title. <laughs> in which Sam Raimi plays a cult leader. So uh, lots of lots of indie horror stuff there. Well, he's a cult film leader in real life. So the, it's here's the weird thing. Now I, the this is a, a erroneous ER game uh, entry because ER erroneous. Sorry, I, I'm Jol- sorry. <laughs> Mute me, please. Er- erroneous. Jolie Jacunas has appeared on ER or on on uh, Home Improvement before. This is our second time seeing her. I have no memory. Of when she appeared the first time, because I don't remember going down my the dead next door tirade. Yeah, who was she in the other episode? We must have we must have missed her at some point. Uh, she was in the previous episode. <laughs> we didn't uh, make Bachelor, a Bachelor of the Year in '95. So back in season four, oh god, Bachelor of the Year, which I think was uh, an Al episode. Oh my Al god, Al is voted uh, as Detroit's um, one of oh, the, and 10 the women, women, bachelors. Women keep flirting with him. Oh okay. 
Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, so in that episode, uh, Mason says she was probably a random flirt in that episode, coming up to him at the, the diner. Uh, and, fl- the d- and, dinner and table. flipping her hair, yeah. Flipping her hair. <laughs> so they got a they got a resident hair flipper uh, for the Home Improvement cast. Got to get the experts. Yeah. Um, was she on ER? No. 12 credits. No, she was not on ER. You were right, sir. Oh, should we get back to this episode? Yes, we should. Let's, okay. let's knock it out. Dr. Matthews uh, tells Jill, you know what? Uh, I got to return a uh, phone call real quick. Just sit real tight, and uh, we'll be right back. And after have- these messages... <laughs> We'll be right back. And having seen this, uh, having seen this, uh, I- I'm not even engaging with that, Landon. We, we all have places Good. to be. Uh, seeing <laughs> seeing this woman leave, uh, Jill decides, no, you know what? I've I've dressed too conservatively. I want this job. So she starts like rolling up her skirt to get it uh, higher. She unbuttons her blouse, and then she starts uh, messing up her hair. Uh, yeah. He- she runs it forward and starts fussing it up and then little okay a little little treat for everybody watching on oh, the no. on oh, the no. discord right now uh because as she's messing with her hair the professor comes back in so okay i'm going to i'll do my word pictures for the listeners right. so. german is his his long his hair is probably about a foot long at this point and he is moving it forward and rustling it around and uh he, he, so then so then he, when the professor comes his, back in, Truman lifts his head up and he looks like he is, uh, if you're, if your screen paused right now, you would look like you are in the middle of, uh, singing Everlong. Yeah. I, I look like, like you, Sia. Look, you look like you're in a post grunge band. I, I, and I also look like Jill when the professor Cousin comes it. in and says her name and it's just her hair completely blocking her face. Cause she's, <laughs> I, this is unpleasant, yeah. but this is... It the, is yeah. unpleasant for all of us. Uh, okay. In fact, people are in the chat saying, stop flirting with us. Okay, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> This episode just got a little too sexy for you. Hat we, are, we already have the explicit tag. Mm. Oh, my. Uh, well, we have to earn it. Uh, thank you, Farah. Uh, so, anyway. So, but I think, I thought it was a hilarious moment of, like, she's messing her hair up. She comes, and he says, uh, Jill or Miss Ta- Mrs. Taylor or whatever, and she comes yep. up, and it's just all hair facing him. Beautiful physical comedy from Patricia Richardson, <laughs> our queen. Uh, and... Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, well, she has a moment with the receptionist before Dr. Michael uh, uh, Matthews comes back out and says, you know, um, she asks about the previous woman, says that she has a 4.0 and a skirt that was five inches too short. That's when she prompts her to do all that stuff. Yes. Uh, Dr. Matthews comes out, sees her doing all this. We get a Japanese screen transition uh, showing Jill getting dressed again. Behind the I screen, guess. weird. The screen. Be- yeah, because when she goes, like the next scene is in his office, and then Jill has like, di- like relengthened her skirt and rebuttoned yeah. her blouse and de-thinged her hair. So de-thinged her hair. Technical terms coming at you. Yes, yes. Uh, and we cut to just a, a few minutes later in the interview. Jill walks into his office. Uh, Doctor Matthews is behind the desk, saying uh, she doesn't want. She just immediately launches into. I don't want to get this job based on how well I flirt. I want to be taken on my merits. I want to be blah blah blah. I mean, she just like like a train comes at Dr. Matthews and Dr. Matthews has no context out of outside of like, he accidentally walked in on Jill, like, you know, adjusting herself. Yes. <laughs> so he has no idea about this flirting. He has no idea about anything. And she's just coming at him hot. Yes. Yes. 
like the, this this episode like suddenly dr matthews becomes the hero of the episode just because jill is behaving very strangely and he still gives her the job spoiler alert uh but yeah she she you know <laughs> she, come, yes yeah so she says you know i like i want to be you know i i hate it when women uh use their sexuality to get what they want and i know that because i've done it by accident three times this week if i get this job i want it to be based on merit and not and she hikes up her skirt to show her leg and not on this and the and then the professor says well what makes you think i won't base it on merit and jill explains about what's been going on and he says well some men hire women based on qualifications and not flirting a shade away from not all men and uh then yeah i I, so i understand your point and agree with it to a certain degree um and my my counter my very tentative counter to it is that this show shows us so often men being awful uh and making the wrong decision so i'm like i'm kind of okay with how this unfolds and that We've seen the other side of that coin and what the reality of that is so many times that I'm willing to forgive it one decent guy for once. <laughs> the fact that he's he is being the one that you said, uh, the hero here saying, you know, some of us are okay, you know, it is a little, ugh, but um, I don't yeah. know, I'm okay with it. I mean, yeah, you know, I think, honestly, I would have been fine with us getting to this point if it had, uh, just if if we'd gotten to that to that in a more clever way or something, or like if it had been sure. more of a, I, I don't know, because really as it is, it's just, she's about to go in professionally, she then decides, no, I want to be sexy, she then decides, no, I'm going to be professional, I'm just going to say everything to it. I just wish there'd been a little bit more of a game of it where she is like, in the interview trying to flirt or then trying not yeah. like if she's divided. Or she oversees him and mis misconstrues uh something he's doing for flirting and like thinking that he's something he's not and then it's revealed that he's not. Or or the thing that I assume is going to happen on every episode of the Golden Girls, she's interacting <laughs> with him, expecting him to be uh heterosexual, and then he reveals that he's gay. That's yeah, you know, any one of those. But any uh, one of those. Yeah. So anyway, but uh so he says this and she says, you know, oh, well, I'm just so honored that you give me this opportunity and, you know, I'm, I'm would be so excited to work with you. And he says that, well, I don't hire based on flattery either. And um, off of that somewhat weak joke, we cut away from the scene <laughs> and back to the kitchen. Back to the kitchen. Jill got the job and it was based on her qualifications, she tells uh, Tim, as they uh, clink their glasses over some wine. Yes, and, uh, uh, glasses full of apple juice, maybe? Who knows? Or wine. I mean, it's white uh, wine. I, but it's I mean, a yellowy white wine. The scene doesn't require too much from them, so I wouldn't be surprised if it was wine. Yeah. But um, she's explaining, you know, uh, I hope you learned a good lesson from all of this. And uh, Tim's like, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, lesson, got it, yep. <laughs> she's like, and oh, yeah, well, what, what lesson did you learn? And he's like, well, isn't it enough that I learned the lesson? Do I have to explain it? <laughs> Which is good. I mean, it's a good. The, this writing is very true to Tim. He's generally yeah. not being boorish and angry and mean. And uh, like, I think lines like that are funny. It's like Tim knows his limitations. He knows he learned something. Yeah. Or, or at least he wants people to think he learned. So I don't know. I thought it was funny. She starts explaining the lesson that's learned, and Tim kind of ignores her as he's like checking her out and viewing the the bun on the top of her head. And uh, and he after she's done talking, she's just uh, he's. 
<laughs> he says, man, that bun is driving me crazy. Um, yeah, he loves the granny getup, so to speak. Oh, I missed that line. Yeah, Eesh. yeah, yeah. That's his thing. That's all I've got. That's all the notes I have. I don't have more okay. detail on that. Um, but <laughs> that's, the, kind of, that's really the end of the episode. We go to of, not with a bang stinger. with a whimper. Yes, yeah. we go to the stinger. Tim is driving the car and he gets pulled over second no. time this season. No, Landon. Oh my God, you're right. You're right. Tim How is driving I, the car. Is he? Let me ask you the question, and you just answer yes or no. Okay. Is Tim jamming out because he he is really into it? Is he listening to the soundtrack to Monkey Island? Monkey Town. Monkey Town. Yes, I think he is. He is just li- like, he is driving along in the car, and it's like he's just, he put in like a cassette of like just monkeys. Make it like jungle drums and monkeys, you know, ooping and acting. And he's just yeah. like, j- just like grooving out to it. Like he's it's, grooving like to it like it's Van a Halen. copyright free heavy metal song <laughs> he he should be i mean can he air monkey like what how, what is air monkeying even i guess that's like yeah that's that's scratching at your armpits and such <laughs> and so forth I, yeah. but i i don't know i i i kind of love it though I, I i want the show for the rest of the series to really just lean into the fact that tim's favorite genre of music is monkey sounds and that he gets something out of it um yeah, and but then of gets... course it, it makes him too excited, and his his foot hits the pedal a little too hard, and he gets pulled over for the second time this season. Yes, yes. Who among us has not driven too fast when listening to monkey sounds? Um, <laughs> so the person who pulls him over is a police woman, and yeah. uh, when she asks for his license, he uh, makes a point of flashing his uh, uh, blue jeaned ass to her when he reaches into the back seat. I don't know why his license is in his back seat if he doesn't have a purse, but that's neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. Um, uh, he and he tries to flip his very short hair. Uh, <laughs> And yeah, and then he tries to flirt with it her. Doesn't and make eyes it doesn't work. The whole yeah. thing is, it doesn't work. His flirting doesn't work. Uh, she, yeah, flips the f- flashlight in his eyes and just goes, Have you been drinking? Uh, yeah. <laughs> t- tells him to get out of the car because she's going to administer a field sobriety test. <laughs> J- jokes we... on her, Tim isn't drunk. I mean, he'll pass and yeah, go home. True. Yeah. Um, this brings us to our final character actor corner. Uh, the chulipas are off the shit table here, but yeah. um, for such a a small part, uh, in a stinger of the episode, George, uh, Jordan Baker is playing the cop. She has 67 credits. 67 credits. 67 credits. Uh, mostly TV. She has appeared in L.A. Law, Quantum Leap, Grace Under Fire, News Radio, Buffy, Just Shoot Me, Chicago Hope, Touched by an Angel, West Wing, Without a Trace, Jag, The O.C., New Adventures of the Old Christine, Law and Order, Psych, Gilmore Girls, and in the movies, Escape from L.A., Another Earth, and The Post. I am... Was she on NYPD Blue? She was on an episode of NYPD Blue. I'm going to say she was on ER. She was on an episode of Frasier. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I was excited for a second. Was she on ER? She was not on an episode of Cheers. Okay, Landon, you're answering questions I'm not asking you. I mean, it's good to know these things. <laughs> I'm asking you, was she on ER, sir? She was. She was on ER. You're now saying you yes. To, you're saying, I'm yes, saying yes. Yes to ER. For seven out of seven, she was not on ER. Not a single one of our character actors appeared on ER. 
This is the least ERE of any of our shows. I, <laughs> I think. know. I Short know. The ones where there's no guests. Wow. While the numbers were in your favor, the numbers were very against uh, the world. I, I so don't know. I, I, I could have just said no to everything and got. You could have just said done a Christmas tree on the on the uh, Scantron sheet, and you well, would have had just as much chance. I mean, I guess I, I actually don't. If I was. Just if I was doing a Christmas tree on the Scantron, I would have checked yes to ER for some of them. I think <laughs> I would have just been doing a line, a Festivus poll down the no section. That it, would be it wasn't how the I do other. It. The other one is just answer C to everything, and then you're more than likely going to get more than one right, or uh, yeah. most of them right. I think I don't know something. I, I heard that technique back in the day as well. Oh, I heard that technique back in the day uh, also, and that's how I that's how I got like 400 on my math SATs. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that so, like you just you you spent you know two hours doing the first seven questions, and then you're like, shit, I only have 15 minutes left, and just filled out C for the rest of them. No, I sat down and just just like, there's, I'm I'm not gonna do well on this, no matter what. It doesn't matter. I have automatic admission to the state college I'm going to. So here we are. I've never taken the SATs. I only took the ACTs. Wow. Um, and I think I took them three times because I fell asleep every single time. Landon. <laughs> You gotta. I, I was not good at uh, standardized tests. I was also not good at tests in general, and definitely not good at tests at seven in the morning on a Saturday. It's called coffee. You're drinking it right now. It's called Jolt Cola. They probably <laughs> I had that it at the time. Coffee a long time ago. That character actor corner takes us out of uh, the episode. We go to some outtakes where Tim flubs a line about um, the liquid cleaner. That leaves one more thing for this episode, Truman. It does and leave my it. God, I'm so glad the pressure's off. Yeah, aren't you just? Aren't the you question. so glad? Huh? No, I can do a better one than that. Yeah, you probably can. We're doing a live show here. I yeah. got to bring my A game. Give the people what they want. The question is our final segment. Huh? Yeah. That was pretty good. I like Marginally that. better. Good enough for uh, government work. Good enough for grunt work. <laughs> the grunt count. I'm going to yes. tell you, I, I'm going to be honest, as I always am, my initial guess was zero. <laughs> really? Okay. It was. I mean, Watch the I want... Show? <laughs> I do, but now I know that I'm wrong the way that you knew that one ER question was wrong, <laughs> so I'm going to amend it. With the clue you gave me to say two. No. Oh, my God, Landon. You were so lucky that I fucked up the ER game because everyone here would have killed you if you ru- if I got seven character actors correct and then oh, you no. ruined this. It's five, and they're very clear, and it's in the cold open. He talks about how ma- how how uh, more power was manpower, and he goes, <laughs> five grunts. Wow. Wow. The only way I'm going to get the grunt count right is if there's an episode without Tim. Our dream, really. <laughs> Do you think they'd go that avant-garde? Like, no. there's a BoJack Horseman episode with no BoJack in it. There's a couple of That's them, true. actually. Maybe they do that here, too. They don't. He's in all 203 episodes. <sighs> oh, Well, a man can God. dream, Candy. That brings us to the end of this episode. Um... Let's open it up to some Q&As. Or, uh, Mason, do you have any more... <laughs> pre uh pre-researched notes for us yeah uh, thank you for uh 
for taking them. Uh, you gave us a Fraser one earlier. Yeah, thank you for any Fraser notes that you've got. Um, also, I mean, we've we've talked so much, we've said so many things, we've shared yeah. so many monologues and stories from our lives. I I can't imagine if anybody does have any questions left. I feel like we've answered so much. <laughs> Uh, yeah, not, he says that he, uh, Mason's, Mason's hot take on this episode is, uh, not recalling anything of it. I honestly, this episode though, will be one that I'm going to forget completely. I've already forgotten a lot of the ones we've done. (laughs) This one is not going to stick in my mind particularly well. This time tomorrow, I I will have forgotten we did this. As inoffensive as it was, it definitely isn't one that resonates well. Like I said, I only remembered it once I started watching it again. Uh, per per Mason's uh, uh, comment, uh, yeah, no slapstick and no big jokes. It, it yeah. doesn't really, yeah. Uh, okay, what is? Oh, yeah, wait, okay. So a question from Kirsty. Uh, Landon <laughs> shared some hot water he got into thanks to flirting. But what's the best thing you guys have gotten out of using your masculine wiles? I just want to thank Kirsty for um, even flirting with the notion that I have masculine wiles. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm sure we have trace amounts of masculinity somewhere in there. I'm trying to think what have I gotten from using my masculine. I'll, I'll say okay. I'll, I'll I'll say this. Um, and I I don't know that I would phrase it as masculine wiles, but um, I as you saw in this episode, uh, am a coffee drinker, and I frequent coffee shops quite a bit. Um, usually I like to become a regular at a place. I haven't done that since I've moved here for obvious reasons. Um. <laughs> And so I like to to develop a rapport with the baristas uh, in a very friendly way, and I do find I get a lot of free coffee. Hmm, that's pretty good. I there was a time in L.A. at the coffee shop. It was a coffee bean that I went to, um, where I would say half the time I didn't have to pay for my coffee. Oh my god, that's insanity. That's actually really good value too. You spent a lot of time at that coffee. Bean. I mean, I definitely overpaid for the pastries. So I mean, like, coffee costs nothing to people, uh, and she, and the the baristas would often give me drinks that they they were either experimenting with, like they had to learn the new concoction for the season, uh, and give me one of those. I mean, I got really amped up on caffeine way too much <laughs> at some days living out there, but. Um, that's that's about the extent of what I can think I ever got from any behavior of mine. Yeah, I'm, I've just been I've been sitting here trying to think. I mean, okay, well, I don't know. I don't know what this. I, I don't know how much this counts for. I uh, the doctor's office that I go to is in uh, like my primary you care got physician. Free medical? Yeah, that, that's that's my health insurance. Is my masculine wiles? The the doctor. <laughs> The doctor's office I have, uh, it's it's in uh, it's in West Hollywood, which for those of you who don't know is is the kind of center of the gay neighborhoods in L.A. And mm. the this doctor's office is like their kind of main thing is like LGBTQ care and stuff, and it just happens that they're really close to my apartment, and I've been going there for a few years. One of the uh, male nurses there is an older gay man who just always has nothing but the nicest greatest things to say about me and is always like so complimentary of me and how i look and like how oh you know or like he'll take my blood pressure and it's like oh your blood pressure is so low you're just perfect and is he a grandfather because you 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 strike me as someone who grandparents love oh grandparents. regardless if you know anyone that they're related to you just you you strike me as a grandparent baby 
parents and grandparents love me. Uh, they, they're they're all about this whole package. But um, so it, it just in terms of like whenever I go to like I, I went to I went there I went to my doctor uh, a few months ago uh, in the midst of all of this uh, you know nonsense with the pandemic and whatnot. So I was like it was one of the only times I've like gone to another building in this whole thing. I wanted to be safe and I was double masked and all of that. And I got there early, and I was like, "Ah, oh, should I wait in the car? Should I go into the waiting room? I don't know if I should risk it, but I need to let, I need to check in and let them know that I'm there. Maybe I can go in. And anyway, so I go in. There's like one other person in the waiting room. I go in there. This nurse sees me. It's like, oh, my God, Truman, hi. How are you? Oh, my gosh. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm here a little early. He says, no, 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 go right in. Go right in. And so I got to go in for my appointment early. Didn't have to sit in the waiting room. Didn't have to even, like, the doctor got sent in right away. Didn't even have to sit in the exam room for a super long time. <laughs> I mean... It sounds like you you lost out a little bit because how do you ever catch up with your highlights magazines if you don't sit in the waiting room for half an hour? <laughs> that's true. That's true. I'm never going to uh, learn a bunch of kid friendly facts about NASA or uh, <laughs> other uh, other. Um, you got you know, your Ranger Ricks. You got your highlights magazine. A very uh, you're missing you know, very old Time magazine. Like oh who who is this <laughs> Elon Musk everyone's talking about? An electric car? You say <laughs> he seems so cool. I'm sure he's never going to become a problematic figure. Um. So yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm just going to assume that that he put me to the front of the line based on my masculine wiles. Also, wait. The only yep. other one. Uh, years ago, I there was a Baja Fresh in my neighborhood that I was going to quite a lot at the time and um the woman who was the manager there and i just got like i was kind of the norm of this baja fresh i don't know if it was my masculine wiles or just that i tipped well or that like you know we had fun banter between the two of us but there were numerous times i went into this baja fresh and would order my baja bowl and uh even though there were numerous other people waiting who had been there before me mine would come up first and uh so yeah so basically uh, I think that uh, one evens out. The fact that you were eating at a Baja Fresh, <laughs> it, a, it, it, it balances the idea of masculine wilds. Baja Fresh is pretty good. If there's anything that I want people to take away from this episode, it's that Baja Fresh is pretty good. It's not great, but it's pretty good. And when you can get it faster than everyone else in the restaurant and get a little self-esteem boost with that's your what makes chicken. Me, that's what makes me doubt it a little bit. Any any place that has to use the word fresh either in their name or their slogan, I don't trust. Yeah. Well, okay. That's uh, agree that, to disagree. <laughs> yes, we disagree and we're in disagreement. Um okay, well that 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 was a trip down memory lane for for both of us. Uh indeed. Um we'll move on to the next question here. Uh how much uh, Mason asks how much uh of the later episodes do you recall and is there anything you're looking forward to talking about? Yes, a lot. But I know that Truman doesn't, yeah. so I, I've never spoken about them to Truman. Uh, only in very enigmatic terms by saying, you have some weird shit to look forward to. And I've been saying that for seasons. Every season we start, I go, Truman, this is the season that gets weird. You keep you keep teasing me, but like, I feel I do. like it's just... It's getting slowly, there, though. You're slowly turning up the heat, and the frog is boiling alive in the, in the pot of water to, again, use the... A metaphor that they used in my abstinence-only sex ed courses in in uh, in middle school, but uh, <laughs> like the heat is slowly I will, turning up on the weirdness. I I will say um, uh, if I can maybe allude to this without uh, uh, telling Truman exactly what it is. There's a um, I don't I, now I don't remember if it's a full episode or just a segment of the episode, but let's just say it's something that Mark is putting together that heavily involves the entire cast. 
and um, Tim's cars. I'll, oh, I'll sh- put it that way. Uh, I th- I actually think that might be in the last season, so we still have a ways to go before we get there. But... Will he be totally gothed up when he does it? I know that's coming. I know that goth mark is coming. Okay, goth mark is something that I'm starting to question in that I thought it was a much bigger thing. Now I'm starting to doubt myself. Like, I thought it was like an, a season-wide thing. I'm starting to wonder if maybe it was just an episode or two. I honestly don't... I, I don't have confidence in that anymore. I'm... Look, I know it's there. I've seen like one picture of it, and that's so I know that it's coming. But um, okay. you know, however much however much goth mark I get, I'll be thankful for. Let me let me twist the question since you don't know what's coming to you, Sherman, uh, to ask you, knowing the weirdness uh, that we've gone to so far, where would you like to see home improvement go? Um, I would like to see home improvement go to space. I'm just going to say it. I'd love to see home. We've been there. We've already seen that. Well, we, we've seen astronauts grunting in space. We haven't seen <laughs> Tim in space. Well, they, they showed a clip of uh, tool time in space. True. And I get, you know what? I guess it can't get. I mean, we've already seen Tim driving a tank. I don't know if I want Tim driving a space <laughs> shuttle. Uh, home improvement. Or Tim under and zero the sea. G. Yeah. T- zero, zero G Tim. Um, Honestly, I'm Tim trying to submarine. think. I don't know what I, I, I'm trying to think of what. Okay, we've, we've seen we Tim do. and Al be four inches tall. We've yes. seen a Bankin and Rass animated uh, um, uh, and version of them. Yeah, Christmas yeah. special, yeah. We've seen uh, dream sequences where they're old. Yes. And, um, I mean, I don't know. I guess I want to see Tim and Al be 400 feet tall. I guess that's the, <laughs> uh, the inevitable the inevitable conclusion of it. I want to see them fight Godzilla. Godzilla versus Kong versus Tim versus Al. Um, uh, let me make my case for Gamera again. I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I wish I had a better answer for you. But this show has been so unpredictable throughout. Actually, you mm-hmm. know what I want to see? I want to see Blade Warriors. I want to see him playing Blade Warriors. Ah. I know that's a one-off joke from like 17 seasons ago, but I still want to see it. What do you think the rules of Blade Warriors are? Let's not get into that. We got There's one time. rule. There are no rules. Perfect. <laughs> um, all right, we got time for one more joke. Uh, joke? Joke? Well, <laughs> that's okay. it. We haven't, we haven't used it. We only have one joke through this whole episode. We're saving it. I meant question. Uh, we have time for one more question, if anyone has one. Otherwise, we will get to the outro uh, in a minute. How many Californians does it take to screw in a light bulb? <laughs> uh, I don't know how many. Californians don't screw in light bulbs. They screw in hot tubs. One last thing to talk about before we end this episode. <laughs> wow, okay. Just just massacred it. Just destroyed it. Um, okay, so this has been a, a live episode, um, and we wanted to go out on our mid-season break uh, on a big note. So we want to thank you all for being here. Uh, thank you for your questions. Thank you for sticking with us this entire time. Yes, thank you. Uh, you get to see all the live uh, ed- bits that are going to be edited out eventually. <laughs> <laughs> um, get to know all the juicy facts about which episodes did or did not actually happen. You actually get to see me dab my face with my handkerchief like a southern dandy, as Mason said. Um, so, anyway, to, uh, my point is, we are going on our midseason break um, after this episode, but we will be bringing you some bonus episodes, and uh, uh, you can look forward to those. We will be covering 
some uh, some Patricia Richardson this time. Oh my! Mm-hmm. Oh my! Hair flip. Yes, hair flip. Uh, she appeared in a little TV movie based on a Steve Martini novel called Undue Influence, starring Brian Dennehy. Every time when I was a kid, I'd go to Costco and they'd have all the books laid out on the tables yeah. there. I'd see a Steve, I'd see like Steve Martini novels with his name in huge letters, and I was like, Steve Martin wrote a book. Oh. <laughs> I had the same exact reaction as you as a kid. Uh, I read. And then, and then when I saw uh, Steve Martin's book, uh, Born Standing Up, I was like, Steve Martini wrote a book about stand up comedy? <laughs> oh, it's Steve Martin. I actually read Undue Influence uh, to prep for this episode. So, Jesus, um, dude. It's a two part miniseries, uh, uh, not miniseries, TV movie. Uh, it's an hour and a half each. So it's a three hours uh, thing. We're going to do it in two episodes. Um, and we might be releasing some other bonus episodes, but uh, we will still be coming at you weekly with our nights episodes, so uh, all of our patrons can look forward to that. Yes, you should. You better be looking forward to that. It's <laughs> a light in the darkness of your lives. Ay 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 is all I have to say to that. Uh, so. With that, I will say that grunt work is made possible by our patrons. Uh, if you enjoyed today's episode and want to help us create the show, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod. Leave us a rating review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to these things. It's the fastest, easiest way to support us, and it really goes a long way to help others find the show. Say hi to us on Twitter or Instagram at gruntworkpod, or visit our website, which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com. Sometimes you set me up with a with a which is, and sometimes I have to put it in myself. <laughs> I'd like to keep you on your toes. Dancing uh, on the razor's edge. On that website, you can find uh, information about today's episode and sign up for our weekly newsletter to be notified whenever a new episode is released. And until after our season break, mid-season break, when we bring you more episodes of Home Improvement, I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps. And remember to step out of the car and keep your hands and butt where I can see them. Ha-cha-cha. Ha-cha-cha.